Oh, welcome everyone to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I am your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shit in his game because he is always the same. Grumpy. Grumpy, grumpy. Hold um, on, hold on, hold on. I see your cut. Now, I break out the Islanders gear today. I got one of these shirts. It's like 35, 40 years old. I don't know how old it is. Still in great shape. And I see you. I mean, someone compliments your appearance last podcast. Did you feel like you needed to up the ante, so to speak? By, uh, you know, or is this what you wore to work today? I'm just confused. <laughs> uh, it's for it's multifaceted, Grump, because that's right. I was a little shocked. I guess I didn't know I dressed like such a slob on the podcast or someone was like, oh, TJ, actually, you're dressing up nice. You look good there today. I was like, damn, I must look really bad a lot of the time. A lot of the time. So I had to wear my Islanders apparel, my Islanders tie. So I just wore my work apparel on the podcast. Look at this. Hold on. Hold on, Grump. Look at this. Whoa, TJ with the tie. I guess I really dress like a slob is what it must be. <laughs> that's right. You're a filthy pig, and that's the way you dress. And I want to tell you what. You have no idea that T this TJ, when everyone thinks he looked like a slob before, you should have seen what he dressed like before we had video. Oh, my God. Grump, all I'm going to say is the comments right now are gold. We've got Bruce chiming in immediately. We've got oh, David C. saying, TJ, like a banker today. Well, he is a banker. In, in his real life, he is a no, banker. No, I'm not, I'm not a banker, Grump. Uh, oh, Alexander saying, TJ, dressed for an interview. Uh, yeah, I guess everybody thinks I'm dressed for an interview here today. Fair enough. No, I just – I. Somebody made the comment there last time that I dressed very, uh, I dressed very casually. So I decided to go ahead and step it up here today. So I'm wearing a little uh, my shirt and tie there from work. <laughs> oh goodness, grumpy old man! Uh, Islanders' point streak ends though, grump, and the win streak ends yeah. at the hands of a loss to the Washington Capitals. Yeah, and uh, you know, honestly, I didn't think we played poorly last night. Um, I mean, the first period, Samsonov, Samsonov kept them in the game. I thought he made a couple of really, really good saves. Um, and then the second period, you know, they get we have a defensive breakdown, leads to a goal, uh, then a power play goal, and then Mayfield takes a penalty at the end of the second period, goal 28 seconds in, game over. I mean, yesterday you saw with a team that has talent and their power play is real good because they have some skilled players on there, and, you know, that's the difference between us and the top end teams in the league, honestly, where you see a team like Washington, who's now well coached with Peter Laviolette. And, uh, you know, so they can play uh, they can play us head up and not make the dumb mistakes they did when Reardon was there. And then they make you pay when you take a penalty because they have the skill players to do that. Just plain and simple. And that's why I worry about us going forward. Grump, we have, before we dive too much into it, we have an ad there to read from DraftKings. The tournament is finally here. The brackets have been set, and the teams are ready to hit the court. Tomorrow, I believe, too, Grump. And DraftKings is the leader of one-day fantasy, is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survivor pool ever. How large? $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. And if that's not enough, check this out. When you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you could get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. 
It's that it's easy to play. Just pick one team per day. And if they win, you survive and advance to the next round. The last person standing is the winner. Just remember that you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament. So choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe and secure app, and you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Uh, get in on all this week's action. Download DraftKings app now and enter the code THPN during sign-up to enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that is code THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions in terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Grumpy old man. Yeah, I mean, I know we got the tournament coming up. Does anyone really care about it this year? I don't know. It's like college basketball for me didn't even exist. Uh, For me, the appeal of college basketball is watching the kids in the stands going crazy, watching upsets, you know, the crowd going wild. Uh, And it's just been just nothing this year. I I haven't even watched college basketball, not even – maybe I watched a half of one game, and I'm like, ugh, this is terrible. I'd rather watch uh, grade Z – level hockey than watch that oh gosh paul saying dress for an elementary school spring concert i'm actually the guy i'm actually the conductor of the band i'm up there telling them how you know the little uh what do they they keep them on rhythm or something i was never artsy grump a conductor the conductor of the band with the orchestra or the orchestra i don't know uh, okay that's not okay. my strong suit grump. you know what i like i like the fact that people feel comfortable enough with us to just come out and rip us whenever they want I just like it must mean I really dress unprofessionally on this podcast. No, 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 that's not true. I mean, but here's the thing. You do look good today. I mean, you make me only look superior just because I am who I am. Where's your button down, Grump? That's the real question we need to know. I I was actually thinking about wearing something a little bit fancy today, but I didn't. Uh, You know, I tell you what, today is happy St. Patty's Day to everybody. That it is. Um, And at eight o'clock tonight. So some a lot of people are going to miss it. So I set your DVRs. The Quiet Man is on Turner Classic Movies tonight. That is without a doubt one of my favorite movies. John Wayne, uh, Maureen, o, um, Maureen O'Hara, I believe her name is. Victor, Victor uh, oh gosh, I forget, I'm forgetting all their names. Barry Fitzgerald. I'll tell you what, great, great movie. Uh, and John Wayne was just a movie star's movie star. Uh, a man's man, and I watch it every single year. Matter of fact, when this podcast is over, I am going to watch it again because I watch The Quiet Man every single St. Patrick's Day. Fantastic movie. Great. Well, I'm glad, Grump. It's almost like we have now made it seven minutes into the podcast talking limited amounts of Islanders hockey when there was quite some news today, Grump. Uh, Andrews Lee, season-ending injury there, uh, season-ending surgery, albeit there, uh, ACL surgery there. So uh, he will be out the remainder of the year. Um, definitely not good for the New York Islanders, that is, Grumpy. Oh, Tommy, thanks there. Looking sharp, TJ. I do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm sure with TJ with TJ being in control of the comments, he's going to look real good in them today. I'm certain of that. So. Oh, I'll try to make sure I only show limited amounts there, Grumpy. Uh, that being said, though, Anders Lee out there for the remainder of the season, Grump. Um and almost as a foregone conclusion, Islanders need to make sure that they are going to make a stab and trade for a winger that has top six talent. You know, I, that's at least my opinion, Grump. I want to hear you weigh in, though, too. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they do. Um, if Kiefer Bellows plays the way he's playing right now, why do you need another winger? Um, but if he's not, uh, because, I mean, you could get a jump on re-signing uh, some other players perhaps, but if, you know, you want to pick up somebody, there's only a couple guys out there. 
I bet they're leaning more towards a one-year rental, uh, where if it was me, I'd be looking for somebody with a little bit like more like a Ricard Raquel. He'd be the type of guy that I'm looking for as opposed to a Taylor Hall or a uh, Kyle Palmieri. Really? Yeah, because Raquel is younger than the other two. He's got some team control uh, for him. His uh, contract is not exorbitant, and he can uh, produce you know, next year also. So here's my thing. This is where you and I differ a little bit, Crump. Um, it really depends. I mean, like our farm system is limited and uh, not great to say, you know, it's not deep by any means, uh, grumpy old man. And trading away for a guy that has term is going to cost a significant penny. It really is. Uh, I mean, like if you're trading for a rental, you're going to ideally pay, pay less. Um, and, you know, you talk about the cap situation we're in, you know, how we need to be proactive. How does it help? The cap situation, if you were to trade away, I assume somebody that's not going to absorb too much of a cap hit and, you know, some prospects in draft capital for a guy who, you know, might have some uh, control there, but he's going to add there to that cap when you've got to sign back Pellick as well as um, as well as Bavillier and Sorokin this offseason. Well, that's what you had the offseason for is to try to dump some of the garbage uh, off of our roster. And there's plenty of that. Uh, so, I mean, you know, that's that's for next year. Not for now. I mean, you got the expansion draft coming. If you protect the younger players and expose everybody who makes money, they're going to pluck one of them. And that's what I would do. That helps you with your salary cap situation. Hmm. Well, Grump, it really depends, right? Because if you're looking at a guy like Raquel, he's on a relatively manageable contract. But can you imagine how expensive his price tag is going to be? I don't think it's going to be as expensive as you think. I mean, what are you talking about? Maybe a minor league player and a second round pick? I mean, I'm thinking at least a first. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, the Ducks are trying to get out from underneath some contracts. This is so, this is this is the crazy and the wacky time period. He's on a very manageable contract for another year on top of this, and he's a guy who's one of the most highly sought after guys around this trade deadline. I would not be shocked at all if he gets at least a first round pick. Yeah, teams have stopped trading first-round draft picks for guys. You say this all the time. It's just not true. But it is true. It is true. It's not. Crump, the, only it's guys, not true. the only guys who give away first-round draft picks are, is Lou Lamarillo. He's the only one. Nobody else does no, it. No, that's just not right. Uh, Grump, people give up a lot. A lot of teams give up first-round draft picks every single year at the trade deadline, and that continues to be a trend here to this day. And I think that if you want a top-six guy or a guy who can fit into a top-six role, you're at least going to have to give up eight a first round pick, you know, I mean, you're probably gonna have to give a prospect and at least, you know, one of those higher picks. Well, it's not even with our first round draft pick where it's going to be. I mean, do you want another Casper? I mean, we're certainly not going to pick guys like Tomasino, Caliab or McMichael. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, we're certainly not going to be drafting those guys uh, with our first round pick. So why not pick somebody who's actually can already play in the NHL? The we're in win now mode with the age of the team and everything else. We're in win now mode. So, you know, if you're going to sacrifice, I don't think we're going to win, but, uh, you know, our window, I feel, is short with this group of players. So, you know, you might as well go all in. Maybe they could trim Lundkvans and Casper and other pieces of garbage like that. Well, uh, that's not going to get you, number one, anything here, Grump. I will tell you this. I, I do think that we are in win-now mode to a certain extent. We do have a young nucleus that is coming up and being injected into the lineup, though, you could say. I mean, Oliver Wallstrom continues to perform. Kiefer Bellows hopefully stepping on and emerging into the scene. Noah Dobson. 
I mean, he's made big strides and leaps this season. And with Sorokin, I mean, you have a really, really young nucleus. Not, you know, I'm not even including Matt Barzal and Anthony Bavillier into this equation, too. You've got a lot of those young pieces that are going to be in our contributors on your team now. I mean, it's definitely something to be excited about. What I don't want to see happen is us to mortgage off too much of the future here. Uh, we have We have very little organizational depth at the forward group down there in Bridgeport. Defense, we're stacked, no problem at all. Goalie shouldn't be an issue if we've got Sorokin and he lives up to what we expect. The forward group in Bridgeport and our forward group is lacking. I mean, like, yeah, you could say, hey, Alex Jeffries has played well so far this season at Merrimack. Of course, uh, William DeFore has come out and played pretty well there this season in juniors. There's nobody I'm saying, oh, wow, I cannot wait for this forward in our system right now. There just isn't. Yeah, well, maybe they can trade Matt Barzal for some piece of garbage because, you know, he only sits on the bench when he plays for us and he takes a two-man penalty and he sits on the bench for half a period. You know, so obviously we don't think much of him. So, you know, maybe that's who we should deal. Hmm. I know you're trying to annex us into, I'm sure, another point there. Matt Barzal got benched last night. Uh, <laughs> it was in the third period. Um, and I've seen a lot. I made a semi-controversial post about it. Um, you know, just totaling up over the last 20 games what penalty minutes looked like. Again, it's important to note, I know not all penalty minutes are the same. Nobody's that facetious. All penalties are different. Um, that being said, I think he's made a real conscious effort to try to tone back the amount of penalties he was taking. I mean, the last 20 games, he's only had four minor penalties and eight penalty minutes. So, I mean, like when you compare that to some of the other team leaders there, I mean, Scott Mayfield, I, over the last 20 games, He's got uh, game misconduct there and six minor penalties, 22 penalty minutes. Adam yeah. Pellick, six minor penalties, 12 penalty minutes. Anders Lee, four minor penalty minutes, or four minor penalties, eight penalty minutes. My thing is, not everything is the same. It's not all apples to apples. It's just something important to look at there. That's all I'm saying. I think he's made a conscious effort to try to tone back how many irresponsible penalties he was taking. Look at the high stickings that he had earlier on in the season. I mean, he had a lot of frustration penalties earlier on in the season, and I think he's really done a good job and a conscious effort of trying to tone that back. Yeah, okay. Do you wonder why he's taken those retaliatory penalties? Because the other teams are just going after him all night, and they were doing it again last night, and none of the gutless pukes on our team do anything to stand up for him. Nothing. You know why he takes those penalties, El Modelo? He takes them because you, your team is ballless. That's why he does that, because no one else sticks up for him out there. So he has to go out there and stick up for himself. I could care less that he took a two-minute penalty. That's not why we lost the game. And to bench a guy like that, I, like I said, if I was him, I never would have signed an extension year, ever. I would have went somewhere else, because it's the favoritism crap that the Armadillo shows for every time that he takes a penalty – they call him out in the press every single time. What about Mayfield's penalty yesterday, right? Right, It's a frustration penalty. He can't take that. All right, is that why you lost the game? No, it's not why you lost the game. But then you have at the end of, at the, end of the period, panic uh, goads Mayfield into taking a, a two-minute penalty and it leads to a power play goal that makes it 3-0, game over, right? And then you got Bush. You, you, were, you, were, you were jumping here, Grump. You're getting on a roll and you're jumping. You said Mayfield there twice. I think the first bit you were, you were talking, referencing there, Matt Barzal's penalty. Then you were talking about Scott Mayfield's. Uh, but I, un I understand the point there. And again, like, I understand. I just, want, I just want to finish my point. You got Butch, who just – I knew as soon as Barzell took that penalty, he was going to attack him for it, and he did. And then he makes an excuse 
for Mayfield doing the same thing at the end of the period, retaliating when he was goaded into a penalty. And then they scored two up uh, 28 seconds in the third period, right? And it's like, well, that penalty's okay. No, no, if they're all okay, call everybody out. You just don't single out a certain guy. And that's the one thing that uh, that the armadillo does. And Butch, his toady, is following right to following suit. They do the same thing. I, I tell you, it's not if all you have to do is pay attention. That's the biggest thing. If you pay attention, you see how they operate there. And it makes it sickens me, honestly. Uh I can see strokes of what you're saying very loosely. I'm not a big fan of how Butch – again, I love Butch. He's forgotten more hockey knowledge than I could know. So it's important always to preface statements like that. <laughs> but, I mean, like, he definitely pushes the agenda. I, I, you know, anytime, you know, a young guy makes a mistake, he does the same exact complaining. Oh, young and experienced, blah, blah, blah. I've, I've, I've shared my opinions as to why I think he does that. Uh, that being said, though, yeah – I thought he kind of flopped anyway. I'm not sure who it was on the Washington Capitals. Kind of got cross-checked in the back. It's funny. It's like his feet died out from underneath him. I'm like, come on. That's not what happens. You're reaching out. Hold on. You're reaching out. You're trying to go ahead and impede him, and you get hit from the hit from behind. You just kind of fall. It's the same exact thing people do in soccer. When they get somebody on the back of them, uh, the legs fall out and collapse from underneath them. So, again, like I understand it, right? I mean, Kuznetsov cross-checks, two-hand cross-checks, bars all in the back, in the lower portion of the back, and breaks his stick on it. Again, there was a lot of holding of the stick there before. They were just going back and forth. And it was unfortunate that he happened to get called on that because, I mean, there was a lot of back and forth yesterday during that game. Yeah, my problem is Butch, though, where he says – So it's not it's not so much Barry. It's more Butch. Oh, no, Bar- Barry's, Barry's a moron. Barry's a moron. Benching the best player on your team because he takes a two-minute penalty? You got to be kidding me, right? Look at how about benching the guys like that, that useless Bailey and his lackadaisical, just non existent. He is the absolute definition of a passenger. That's what he is. Does he ever get benched? Or how about the way we treat Leo Komarov, right? When he took that five minute major penalty in the game that he single handedly lost for us. How long did he get benched? 23 seconds before he's out there to not cover his man and give up a goal? And what does he do? He kisses his ass after the game. Oh, well, you know, those things happen, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Leo Komarov's a piece of freaking garbage. I don't care that he's your age. I could care less. He's a piece of garbage. He should never even be on the ice. And you make excuses for him. But we're going to punish the best player of our team. Sit him eight minutes. How does that help your team come back, Barry, to try to win a game when you sit your best player for eight minutes? Why don't you just pull the team off the ice and say, we forfeit. Matt Barzell took a penalty. We give up for the rest of the night. Because that's what it says. Like I said, I'm just sickened by it. And then I see Butch. When he's making excuses for Mayfield. And here's the thing. If you want to make excuses for everybody, go ahead. I realize you are the Islander homer. But don't come out and rip your best player and then cover up for somebody else who does a retaliatory penalty. Well, he had him around in a headlock. What do you expect? Well, the other guy was cross-checked in the back. He was hooked all night and held all night and interfered with, and the refs don't call anything. So he gets pissed off, and he goes in and he goes and uh, takes a retaliatory penalty, and all of a sudden you're going to bury the kid? Hey, Barry, how about putting somebody tough out in the lineup who's not going to let that go on? How about putting Ross Johnston in the lineup and sitting that useless piece of garbage Bailey who does nothing? At least Johnston, no one would pick on Barzell if Johnston was playing with them. I'm telling you that right now. Did you get it all out, Crump? No. I was about to say, uh, for those of you who listen, watch, I made sure to tell Grump, even before we started, I said, we're going to barely touch on Matt Barzal benching. We're going to mention it. There's no need to spend too much time on it. There isn't. I, and and here we go. That here is we true. go, Grump. 
That is true. TJ did say that, but I just ignored him because I'm going to do what I'm going to do anyway. I don't care what he says. Oh, goodness gracious. If, if he was Barry Trotz, I'd be on the bench. The MVP of this podcast would be on the bench for <sighs> eight, eight minutes. And let's see TJ carry it. I think I could handle Grump. That being said, again, I'm never a big fan. I wasn't. I wasn't personally a big fan of the benching. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you know, <sighs> I think he's done a conscious effort to try to avoid those silly penalties. He makes one mistake, takes a silly penalty. It was his first penalty minute in quite some time, too. It was his first penalty in quite some time, and and immediately to the bench mm-hmm. again. Like I, I think it had more to do with like where they were in the game than the actual penalty itself because of where we were. I mean, like we were relatively close. He takes that penalty. We give up a goal on that penalty, don't we? Yeah. Okay. Well, we gave so up he, a goal he, on oh, oh, okay. I got it. He takes that penalty, and then we go down 2 nothing, and he goes back out there. Mayfield takes that penalty, and we're down 3 nothing. I think it was more of just like a frustration of – we're in a close and contested game. And again, I'm trying to play devil's advocate, trying to understand where Barry Trotz is coming from. Okay. Tr- hold on. Stop. I was trying did, to did, hold on. Did you just May- went on a huge monologue and tirade. Let on, me finish my on, point. Hold on. Did Mayfield get benched? Are you going to listen? I've did Mayfield tried- get benched? Grump. No. I, I literally listen. Thank you. Okay. I'm trying to bring a point for a reason. Okay. I'm trying to play, trying to play Barry Trotz's role here and what he's thinking. So now I got to reestablish momentum. Thank you very much, Grump, for interrupting. Um, well, go ahead. I, you know, you lost the train of thought. Oh, Just go, okay, ahead, go ahead. You're trying to make an excuse for Barry Trotz. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not here to make an excuse. I'm trying to play devil's advocate. You're trying to play devil's advocate, and you were going to make you going to make an excuse for why he did it. Well, here's I'm the thing. Trying to play the, I'm trying to play up the thought process that he has. Well, I don't think he thinks from one minute to the next because the same Mayfield does the same exact thing, and he doesn't get benched. That's the problem. That is the problem in a nutshell. You bench one guy and you don't bench another guy. That is the problem. There, there is no excuse. If you're going to bench one guy for taking a bad penalty, then you got to bench the other guy for taking a bad penalty, not just one and not the other. And it's always, every single time, Barzell, every single time. That's the thing that drives me crazy. Best player of the team is the guy you bench. Well, you got pieces of garbage masquerading as players on this team who nothing happens to them for poor play. Not even not even taking a penalty. Just the fact that they can't play the game sufficiently, they never get benched. Those are the type of things that drive me insane. Well, good. Hopefully you got all of it out. I'm going to reestablish my point. Barry Trotz, where we were in the game, we were down a goal. He takes that penalty. And again, I'm trying to understand from his point of view. He's a star of the team, the guy who you want to be the leader, the guy who you're grooming for that position, I, I assume and think. And he takes that penalty. They score immediately thereafter. And then, again, the same exact thing happens with Scott Mayfield. The damage had already been done, I think, is what he's thinking in his mind. And they look at the penalty. Man, oh, man, it wasn't needed. We're in the offensive zone. I, that's what I'm trying to That's what I'm trying to portray. And, again, I understand all penalties are the same when it guts down to the brass tacks because you end up in the box for two minutes, no matter what you do, whether you're back there on an odd man rush and you get caught holding a person because you're not in good position, you make a bad read, you know, the stick, the puck bounces over your stick. I mean, there are different reasons to have a penalty in the end though, grumpy old man, it all results in the same thing. So I understand that point. I've never been a big fan of ripping a certain player or benching a certain player, but I'm trying to sit from his point of view to play devil's advocate. That's probably what he was thinking. Not a huge fan of benching the best player on your team when you're down two goals or what at that time period was three goals when you need to generate offense. That's usually not a great idea, in my opinion. 
Look at the players who he benches when he does bench players. Who are they? They're all under 25, every single one of That's them. That's not true. And it absolutely tell me the last time a, one of his one of his little favorites got benched. Okay. You if, you, if, you, if you if you stop, I will. Tell me. Casey Zizekas, Nick Letty were benched earlier on this year for poor play. And they benched again, like they weren't benched for eight minutes. They were benched a shift or two. He's bench players that aren't young. I'm just saying he, he he usually has certain players he likes to bench with a higher propensity. I get that, but he has benched other players. So you can't say never. It's just not accurate. Did he call them out after the game like he did Barzal, which he no. does every single? No. See, that's that's the problem. He, that, hold on. You cannot was, you cannot treat a player differently like that. You cannot rip players in the press. Some guys and, and press conferences, and not other guys. And then you see your little favorites like Komarov, who's a, a living disaster out there on the ice, lost you, single-handedly lost your game, and you you promote him to the second line the next game. That's unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. Totally unacceptable. Okay. I'm going to try to get a few points in before you run me over again. The thing is here, <laughs> the thing is here, being serious, the thing is, the media asks specific questions about that. He benches them for certain. You talk about the media. The media is not asking questions like, oh, why'd you bench Casey Zekas? When he did, he said it was because of poor shift or something like that. He addresses it. The only reason it gets blown up, the play, you know, I mean, to be honest here, <laughs> to be, un- uh, you know, I mean, be honest and, un- and be just, is because it's Matt Barzal. It's the best player on the team. So it's always going to get the eyes on it. I mean, like he's, he's the fish in the bubble. Everything he's he's the goldfish in the little bubble there in, in the goldfish tank. Everything's magnified with him. With the other guys, not so much. He is the face of the team. I mean, Anders Lee, sure, the captain, but you know, Matt Barzal is known as the best player on the team. So it kind of gets blown up and magnified when it happens. So when you're wondering about those responses to the media, not a big fan. I mean, like, what was he gonna say? No, I didn't bench him. Come on, you sat him for eight minutes and thirty-seven seconds, whatever the hell it was. Okay, and uh, then to be honest, he did mention that he had a bad shift after the penalty, which he did. But I, all you have to do is look out there most of the game and look at how many guys have bad shift after bad shift, and nothing happens to them. That, I mean, see, that's that's a completely different point. I don't mind supporting you on, and I agree with that. How many guys have bad shift and bad game after bad game, and there's no retribution or there's no hey, you know what, we're going to give X Y Z a try because you have performed poorly over the last few games. That does not happen under Barry Trotz, unless you're a select member of the team. That I will agree with. And Trotz did say that at the press conference. He said the penalty, and then he had a bad shift after that. So, and that's what led to the benching. I'm like, I just, I, you know what? Do you? Does it help your team win when your best player is benched? for eight minutes in the third period. Does it help your team win? I'm going to say no. Uh, uh, Scott L., we're getting back to some comments here. Bumpy, are you waiting for Lou to call so he can tell you uh, now who you're going to trade for? Because he did say that he will he will make a deal for someone. Yeah, I'll be inter- interested to see what he does. I heard that the grumpy old man was on the block. But uh, the grumpy old man is on the block. I can confirm that podcast wise. He is on the block. We're actively searching. Right. But uh, uh, Edmonton said Connor McDavid is not available. So the grumpy old man will be here for a while yet. I mean, you know, you hear the usual cast of characters, the Taylor Halls, mostly rentals. All right. They're looking for rentals. I myself would not look for a rental. I'm looking to improve the team long term uh, and make the money work on the back end. Uh, but I, you know, you hear the same cast characters, like I said, Taylor Hall, uh, Raquel, who has a little bit of term, or Kyle Palmieri, who 
you know, I just he, I don't know. I just never liked him. I mean, he scores goals. He's okay, but I mean, do you really want to trade for a rental? I don't know. I, we'll get to that later. I do want to make one point here. I'm actively shopping the grumpy old man. I was trying to get in touch with Don Cherry because we needed a new grumpy old man. He unfortunately said this time period he's weighing his options. He doesn't think it's the best there for the team. Uh, but we've been actively looking for another grumpy old man. Don Cherry was the first contacted, so we came up a little short there, Grump. That's why, so he's, got- wearing, that's why he's wearing the tie. That's what I'm trying to do. If I had an extravagant suit, I'd put it on. I'm trying to pay homage to Don Cherry. I'm saying, Don, look at this. We could both wear ties. We could both wear suits on the podcast. So, <laughs> oh, joking, of course, there, grumpy old man. Um, you talk about the difference between a rental and a permanent. I have no issue with a rental for this specific reason. Unless you're planning on really making moves this offseason, I mean really making moves this offseason and kind of change the dynamics of the team, the rental I think is the best option. I usually am anti-rental all the way. I think the rental makes sense this year just because Anders Lee is out. He's injured. I think it makes it easier cap-wise. I think it makes it easier to trade for a piece too. If you can get a guy – a rental that's relatively cheap that you feel is a fringe top six, but you know Barry has identified him as this is a perfect sit, fit in our system. I think that would be beneficial for us as opposed to trying to sign or trying to trade for a guy who has term. I, if you're training for a guy who has term, you're talking about at least you're giving up a first and extra. I, I really think that's the case. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I just think the markets are all going to be depressed because uh, teams are all every team is trying to get out from underneath the salary cap would be being flat for the next couple of years. So if they can move salary uh, to help their cap situation, you're gonna ha- you can pay less. I mean that's just the way it is. And in recent years, you haven't seen a whole lot of first round picks going like you did five, ten years ago. Then everyone was giving away first first round picks like they were candy. But that's not the case, and it has been the case for the last couple of years. Um, so that, I mean, like I said, I would much rather if I'm looking for someone, I'd rather have someone who could potentially play on the team long term and make us good next year as well. You're going to make me have to pull this up mid-podcast to show you. I mean, maybe it's not as much as it was five or ten years ago, but it's not uncommon for a plethora of first-round picks to be traded. I mean, with the cap staying flat, relatively speaking, and everybody being against the ceiling, having those players that do have a manageable cap hit will be more valuable. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, Vinny Smith here gives us the updates every single game as to what Josh Bailey, your favorite player, grumpy old man has been doing and his production on the power play. He always happens to mention, I think it's one goal in the last one power play goal in the last 160 games or some astronomical stat like that. Vinny Smith says, what are the odds that they give Bailey the C? They're not giving anybody the C. They'll just run with alternating captains. That's all they'll do. You, you, they're not going to take the the C away from average. Um, they'll just let. I mean Bailey, ugh, boy. Here, Barth, Barth is exactly the. That's exactly what I would do. Barth. Here's here's my question. Number one, I don't want you to throw average on that. You call him captain or captain average. I mean, come on now. He's in recovery. Come on. I want to see you support him a little bit here, Grump. ACL, right? Yeah, Average ACL. Captain Lee. So there you go. Or an ACL. <laughs> Average Captain Lee. There you Are go. You're just going to call him ACL now, and that's going to be a little uh, double, your little entendre? AC Terry, whatever. Remember a seal Terry. Yeah. yeah. Seal Terry. There you go. What was that movie? I forget. 
the bench warmers or something like that. No, I it was warmers. It was something else. It was a long time ago. Um, we, I'm just reading here uh, through the. Oh, this is casual. This is the casual dress podcast that it is for sure. Usually we are in sports attire. Needless to say, there. Oh, Matthew, TJ, looking snazzy. I do appreciate it. Uh, Scott L was saying once again. Oh gosh, I'm just I'm just getting through the comments. I'm not going to rehash things because I don't want to go back down this road, Grump. If we can avoid it, that'd be nice. But uh, no, but, but Scott is exactly right. And like I said, if you did, you have to read. You have to read it for people who aren't listening. So let me read oh, it here before you jump okay. too much into it. Scott okay, L I'll says, read "I'll read it. I'll read it." Once again, Barry benched Barzell for about eight minutes last night and nobody else. He needs to stop focusing it on Barzi because he's not the only one taking bad penalties. And he's 100% right. Now, here's the thing. If you benched everyone from taking the bad penalties, you wouldn't be able to ice a team, right? But when it's the same guy every time, it, that, those are the things that drive me crazy. And when you, if you are, like I mentioned on the last podcast, if you're going to rip somebody for bad play to the press, if you do that with everybody, even though I don't believe in it, I'm fine with it because you're 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 not showing favoritism. But when you see other guys who aren't as near and as important to the team as Matt Barzell, and you don't rip them, but you rip him, I just think it. I just think it just sends the wrong message. And I'm going to say one thing else about Matt Barzell, if He'll never be as big a star, and it's not important that you're a big star, but if he played for another team in the league, this kid would be an absolute superstar where he's not going to be that here. And like I said, part of the reason is we don't get the respect that we deserve as a team being the Islanders, number one, and number two, just the style that we play because the kid's just a tremendous talent. Well, I mean, it's a whole different can of worms, to be quite frank. I just Um, wanted to throw it in there just because I felt like it. I'm sticking up for my boy Barzy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, Grumpy old man. Oh, goodness. David C. saying, impressed that Grump can figure out the DVR. I'm really freaking good at the DVR, man. Matter of fact, I got to get a new remote because I like the fast forward button. I kind of worn it out a little bit and it's getting a little finicky on me. I'm like, I got to get a new one. Oh, goodness. Uh, Tommy B is saying, TG, you're dressed up like that coach for the Rangers tonight. Is that Johnny Rara or is it the new coach? Because Johnny Rara has found his way on the COVID list. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that because Him, I am the assistant coach. I think like all the other coach, they had to call the guy up from, I think it was the Hartford, the AHL affiliate. They had to call the AHL affiliate head coach up there. Um, I'm going to tell you what, that's probably bad news for uh, Johnny Rara, <laughs> college coach, because you're going to see the Rangers probably improve with the coach from Hartford there. It certainly can't go down, right? No. Well, <laughs> Buffalo's coach got fired today. We knew that was going to help. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. But you know, when you have a name like Ralph, how long do you expect to keep a job? Just to pull that up, and again, I'm just taking a glance at it. In 2020, five first round picks were traded there at the trade deadline. And again, I'm not. I haven't had a chance there to pull all the numbers yet. But in 2025, first round picks. So it's not uncommon. In a, Quite a few second round picks, might I add, but five first round picks were traded there. It the used to be round. more. It used to be more, is my point. Okay. Well, it's still it's still not uncommon. That's all I'm going to say and here. But you know, here's the thing: you don't do it in context because you don't know if it was guys who had term on their deal, who the players were, that, or anything like that. I'm I'm assuming everything is the same. Again, I'm just saying how many first round picks were traded there in 2020. And again, we'll look up more there as the podcast continues. Uh, Paul D saying NHL on series commenting on how Hall played with Everly in the Edmonton days. That is right. 
Paul did used to play there with Everly, so you figure he might have a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that gel and a little bit of that uh, that continuity there as a line that might work out there. So, could you imagine Taylor Hall there in a line with Everly and Barzal? My issue is you're gonna he's gonna have to subjugate his game to play defense. It's not about scoring with this team. We don't really seem to care about it too much. So, you know, when you're benching Barzell, obviously we don't care if we score. So, but you're going to have to play defense. And is he willing to subjugate his game? He certainly didn't have to do that in Edmonton. I don't know if he did uh, in Jersey. Um, and I haven't watched – I mean, Buffalo's a tire fire this year, and he played the half a year with Arizona, and I don't think they're a great defensive team. So, you know, does he fit? And that was one thing that Lamarillo said – He's like, you know, they have to fit with what we have in the room. We have good chemistry in the room. You know what? Beer league teams have really good chemistry too. You're trying to win a Stanley Cup. So give me some talent. Give me some talent, please. I think you bring up an interesting point. It will be interesting to see where Hall is traded, if he comes to the Islanders, if he's willing to sell out and commit to play defense. That's always the biggest question behind him. The winning percentages, as I've mentioned plenty of times there before, have never been great wherever Taylor Hall goes, whether you draw that up to a pure coincidence or whether you think he might be part of the problem. You know, I'll leave that up to your decision making, but it is there. Uh, it is There is a trend there. Um, if he's willing to come back, I will say this much. We thought the same exact thing about Jordan Everly, though, too, that he wouldn't come back and play defense, that he would be a guy that strictly wants to play offense and that he would not subjugate his game to playing the Barry Trotz's style. And we were all pleasantly surprised. I know you, myself and you, Grumpy, were very pleasantly surprised with how much he was willing to sacrifice the offensive continuity there for more defensive structure and focus. Yeah, but think about it, right? He struggled mightily the first half of the season – uh, when Barry Trotz was first there offensively. He really did until he understood, uh, you know, what was required of him to play for the Islanders. So, you know, we had, what, 26 games left and then playoffs? Or I think so, it's like 25, something like that. Okay. okay, but the whole thing is we don't have a half a season for somebody to get acclimated. I mean, you almost have to hit the ground running. So it has to be somebody – I mean, I think it could probably be Palmieri – I mean, he's been there forever, and I think they've kind of played. I, I'm not sure if Lamarillo was still there or what their style was. Like I said, I don't really follow the Devils as much as I should, um, but I could see it be him, honestly, because he's the last guy I'd want, so that's probably the guy they'd go for. Oh, hold on. I see the fire hydrant came out. What's going on with that, Sunshine? We've got some stickers there to – to pimp out the fire hydrant there with some Islanders apparel grump. We're Islandering it all of the way today. We're doubling down on the Islanders. What can I say, grumpy old man? Okay. That's good. I do want to mention a couple of positives or a positive from last time. I think Oliver Wallstrom has just been fantastic. He and he scored a goal. It wasn't a great goal. It was a deflection goal. <laughs> but just his movement out on the ice and how much he's improved, even like in the last two weeks – I mean, the kid's going to be really good for us. And, you know, thank goodness. Give him more minutes, please. Nice to see Pajot come back. You saw a difference in uh, Wallstrom's game with Pajot out there. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing um, that I also noticed. Nice job by Kiefer Bellows driving that net there and drawing a penalty. Yeah. Um, so, again, like the young guys, and that's what I say. 
Like, even though you can get very, very negative and critical, Grumpy Old Man, a lot of the time, and you talk about the makeup and the composed and how the team is composed, I think they have done a nice job this year where I've been critical in the past of them not integrating the younger players. I think they've done a nice job this year integrating those young players. Noah Dobson's been integrated well. I think Oliver Wallstrom's been integrated well. I think Kiefer Bellows was not integrated <laughs> all that well, in my personal opinion. Um, but I think they've done a good job of starting to integrate some of that youth into the lineup. That is always exciting to see. Um, uh, and I'll say this much. I know the the next portion of the schedule gets tough. It gets tough. I mean, 17 of our next 20 games are against playoff caliber teams. And I use that with air quotes for people listening. Uh, I think only three games that we play in the next, the, the next, or the, the next 20 game stretch are against the Rangers. Everything else is either against the Penguins the Flyers, the Bruins, uh, or the Capitals? The Capitals are a bad match for us, and I thought we played them well. Boston right now is really struggling. Um, I hate the Flyers, so everyone knows. Here's the thing. I I don't think the Flyers are playing spectacularly either right now. I mean, I think we can play – Here's the. I think we're better than the Flyers, honestly, just as long as it doesn't go to overtime. Um, But, I mean, Boston's – not playing well right now. Pittsburgh's picked it up a little bit, but we've shown we can play with them. Washington is the one team that I'm worrying about right now. I feel actually like we're going to do okay over the stretch. I do. Do you wonder if Boston's over the hump now? I think they've had a trend. They're, they're a one-line team. Uh, remember, they lost Krug, Chara. Those are two big losses off the D end, and then they've had a boatload of injuries on the back end. Somebody else just got hurt last night. I don't, or two nights ago. I'm not quite sure who it was. Uh, but that's good news for us playing them next week for certain. So, you know, that, I mean, that's all. I, and we've seen to have the the uh, Indian sign on them, so to speak. So hopefully next week we can t- continue that up in Boston. Yeah. Now I will say that I think, I think was it all of our games that we've played against the Bruins so far have been at home, or is it three of the four games? No, all been at home. Okay. And, again, our home record is outstanding. One of the best home teams in the NHL. So, I mean, Ford never lose for certain uh, in full swing and effect there, the Coliseum. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see here as we're starting to pick up the level of competition. There are very few of those uh, cakewalk, you know, I'm using, again, air quotes, cakewalk games like you'd have against the Devils or the Sabres um, or even the Rangers at times. Uh, so you don't see too many of those here in the remaining schedule. It's going to be the meat and the, ta- the meat and the potatoes portion of the schedule. Uh, we've got a few comments here. Uh, Phil's facts is saying, use the opportunity there to add a, uh, add in a cap dump there regarding a trade and add something more to get the ducks to take Leo. I'm talking about Raquel. Um, that's fine. You know, just real quick. I just want to touch base on you talking about the incorporation of the young players. You've seen Dotson take a huge jump. Wallstrom take a huge jump. I mean, we all know that Bellows wasn't going to play except for the injury, but he's ready to play. And I think Ajo has looked good in the back also. I mean, I've not been disappointed in his play. Okay, makes a little mistake here and there, but we really don't lose a home up with him back there. He, I mean, he, I think Andy Green has slipped. I think this is it for Andy Green. And Ajo can certainly step in uh, moving forward, I feel. I do not think, yeah, I don't think Andy Green's coming back after this contract. That's for certain. You know, it's fun in the hell. I mean, how old is Andy Green, grumpy old man? Was he 38, 39 years old? I can't remember off the top of my head. 38. Unfortunately, father time never loses. He's uh, a young pup compared to me. A lot of people are. Uh, <laughs> Tommy B is saying Frank Kaplan has been hired as our primary scout in China. Well, I'm sure he was working under the uh, 
Charles Wong regime when no. uh, he wanted to look for sumo wrestlers to play golf. <laughs> uh, Robert Cod, he says, uh, Gremlin at $3.75 million. Mikhail Gremlin there. So, again, he's another guy who's never really – Never really panned out to what his potential was. He had a few good years there in Minnesota. Um, the whole thing is you have up to $7 million, right, that you can spend. Go I, I, If you can get a better player without having to give up a whole lot, why not go for that instead, especially if it's a rental? Well, yeah, and the thing is that's, that's the most important portion. I, I, and this kind of brings back to the overarching point. Rental is going to cost us less. And for a team that really is depleted when it comes down to forward depth uh, in the minors, you know, I don't think we can afford to be giving up hand over fist draft capital after draft capital after draft capital. Remember, we we haven't what did we we haven't had we didn't have a first round pick last year, right, Grum? Or Correct. the year before? Or a second round pick. They both went for Pajot. The mm-hmm. year before we did. Well, it's like we didn't really. We drafted Holmstrom in the first round, even though he was a second round, third round talent. But, yeah, I mean, we actually did have a pick in that round. We just picked the wrong guy. When you see teams that consistently give up first and second round picks, those teams are always at the pinnacle. You know, and the thing is, those are the those are, you know, your Pittsburgh Penguins back when Crosby was killing. I mean, I, I bet you the Penguins still probably give up a first round pick. Teams that have those finite windows. So I wouldn't be hugely upset if we give up a first round pick. I really wouldn't. That being said, I mean, if we're going to give up a first round pick, I want to see us really go all in. I have no problem at all with us going all in. I really don't. And this is this is my point. I think the Islanders, the goaltending is there. And his Varlamov has been excellent so far this year. Sorokin wasn't he's not what everybody had expected. People I think had a little too high of expectations for him immediately jumping. I, I did. For certain I did. Yeah. Uh, I'll point out, I did have higher expectations that I probably should have from him stepping into the league like this. Uh, the defense is solid. Uh, the offense is there in ebbs and flows. But my thing is, if you can get something like a speedy left wing who can add some of that true sniping ability, I think that really does help out. Because, I mean, Kiefer Bellows could stand in front of the net. He's, you know, your physical power forward S-type player. Not not as good as Anders Lee for certain. You'll take a step down in that department. But adding something that you don't have, adding another one of those speed demons there on the corner who can go ahead and shoot, I mean, that would be hugely important, I think. Again, you have to be willing to sell out to play defense, though. I think we're one sniper away from being real contenders. Uh, I mean, even with even with Rallstrom, I still think we're a sniper away from being a real contender. And he's, uh, we got some more comments here. Phil Fax saying, yep, Brady Shea got traded for a first last year. For certain he did. Um, David C saying, wouldn't mind you guys doing a pre and post game plus the intermissions. Wouldn't switch off of MSG plus. Uh, wouldn't switch off of the MSG plus if that was the case. Um, yeah. Oh, ooh. Uh, we just, I'm just reading here through. Oh, yeah. There, Kapanen got traded there for a first. Uh, yeah, Grumpen again. Like, there's a lot more first than you thought that originally got traded. People are resounding. The the, the comments are, please, hell no, I don't want Taylor Hall. I'm seeing yeah, a lot of those there. His stock is as low as it can be. Um, but you never know how he would play with somebody like Barzal, honestly. I mean, he can skate. And, you know, you know Barzal, I mean, I don't know. That might be a good fit, but would he play enough defense? I mean – wouldn't that be wouldn't that be Trotz like to have uh, Lou trade for uh, Hall and then he's like, well, he's scoring too many goals. He did take one penalty in six games. 
We got to bench him for a while. Stop. Stop. Um, we got some more comments. Uh, Gods25 says, why is he called the grumpy old man? That's very mean of you. I, Grump, I think that is a self-proclaimed title that you gave yourself, is it not? Or did I give it to you? I really don't remember. You did not give it to me. Uh, I thought when we first started doing this podcast, uh, I said I wanted a different name. I don't want to just go by my name. I said, you know what? I'm grumpy. I mean, I do when I watch these games and things don't go well. I get grumpy. So I'm like the grumpy old man. I just thought it was perfect. And remember, everything we do here is fun. I mean, honestly, I mean, it might seem that we're fighting, but we're not. You know, we're just like we're just like two bands in the stands, except we're not drinking beer. Um, I could imagine that. Getting, no, no, sorry. Could not do a, pa- a podcast drunk. No you way. already stumble over your words enough there, Grump. Uh, for, for certain I do. So, you know, that's not. So that's start feeding Butch some alcohol up there. My, oh, my, would we be would we be in for a treat? I don't know. I don't know what would happen if Butch started, if Butch drank on the job. Ooh. Maybe he is. He'd have to be doing it on a consistent night because there's no change. He's consistently butchering names. I don't think there's ever a night where I'm like, damn, Butch. That was a hell of a performance by you. Not one name was not one name was pronounced incorrectly. So I don't think we're ever going to. Butch has looked a little rough the last couple of games, though. I wonder if there's something wrong with him. I like Butch. A little under the weather. I'm not saying that. Hopefully it's just a seasonal allergies or something like that. Yeah, he's kind of old. He looks like maybe he's got a cold or something. He just looks like something's wrong with him a little bit. Just looks a little different. That's all. David C. says, trade proposal. Casper and AJ's hair for Raquel. Thoughts, Grump? Well, I think we should get Gibson back too from them. I mean, you're trading AJ's hair. That's a lot to trade. That's all I got to say. I'm just saying, there's a lot of hair comments, and we can trade locks Ooh. of hair. So, can we trade a lock of Frank's hair for a whole? I, the hair is very valuable here in the Islanders community. I'll tell you that much. That's what it okay. seems like. I'm going to say the people who are wanting to trade hair, probably bald, because I'd be willing to trade uh, for hair <laughs> myself. And Frank, I mean, He's got he's got the best hair on on the podcast with that better than mine and yours put together, TJ. The fact that he could grow it that long and it not look bad, I mean, come on, I'm, I know he uses conditioner more than AJ certainly uses. Oh goodness gracious, uh, Alexander saying, "Can Grumpy coach the Islanders team?" No. Okay, here's a, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't want to rip Barry as a coach because honestly, seriously, without him, we're not where we are with the talent level that we have. He gets the most out of these players that can be had. Last year in the playoffs, no coach could have got more out of that team that Barry Trost did. It's just some of the little things he does, and he's done this throughout his career, the way he – the young guys really have to earn their dues and then some before he trusts them. But he lets the old guys get away with stuff that he – now, here's the thing. Do you think he'd ever bench Ovi for taking a bad penalty? Ovechkin when he was there? I'm telling you, he never did because Ovechkin was undisciplined, totally undisciplined. And he still is to a certain extent. Ovechkin's untouchable. But, but, but that, but, okay, but here's the thing. He's the best player. Do you think they'd bench him? They would have run him out of the building if they had benched him. I mean, that's the difference. Obi was an established vet. There was no way he was ever going to bench him, but he benched Burkowski. Verana, he sat all those young guys and punished them, but he doesn't punish the vets. I just think it's, I just don't like that. If you're going to punish, you're going to punch, punish one guy, you got to punish everybody. I just think he's a bad person to set. And I think that's been established throughout his career. The young guys, 
don't get the same amount of uh, rope as the old guys. And when the old guys are finished, he continues to ride them, a.k.a. Leo Komarov when he's finished, or Josh Bailey, who never even started in his career. Uh, Jim P. is saying, I'm hearing the Rangers need a coaching staff there, Grump. If I was coaching them, the Islanders would be guaranteed to make the playoffs. If you were coaching the Rangers, yeah, I'm sure the Islanders would be I'd guaranteed. Throw, I'd make, make sure i throw every game we played the Islanders. <laughs> uh, Tommy B. saying, I was happy with the effort even after falling, falling down 3 um, nothing. They played hard the entire way. For certain they did. Uh, I will tell you one thing I kind of did – Grind my gears a little bit. It wasn't the reason we lost. Washington, man, oh man, were they flopping a little bit yesterday? And again, like you know, they're really stretching the rule book. Again, it wasn't the reason we lost, so I'm not complaining about it. But it's just one of those things where I watch it. I'm like, Ugh, that type of stuff pisses me off as a fan. Butch did make a good point yesterday, where the interference is creeping back into the game a little bit, and you're seeing it year after year. Where I, I'm, I, there were a couple plays right out in the open. Barzell is just being hooked and held and interfered with and no call. And he's looking at the referees, and the referees, you know, well, they're staring at the sky. I don't know what they're doing. They're like Hannah, the referee in Youngblood, uh, finally had to give a, a penalty shot to Youngblood to win the game. But, you know, other than that, he's looking up in the skies. And, you know, I mean, that's the way these, these officials are nowadays. I mean, I don't believe, first of all, in the little touch fouls, but if they're on the books and Penalties. they're called, yeah, I, whatever they are. You always call them fouls, but I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. You understand what I'm saying. But in answer to Tommy's question, they did play hard, and I didn't think they played poorly. The first goal was the fact that Jarnak overskated where he was his position. I mean, that's why Oshie touched that puck in. I mean, Barlamov got faked out of his jock strap. The guy hits the post, and Jarnak just skates right past the goal. I mean, he's supposed to stop at the goal at the goal line in front of the net. He skates past, and Oshie just comes and pops it in. So that's a you know mistake, a couple of mistakes. Varlamov doing who the heck knows what he's doing out there, and then Jarnak overskating a position. You're down one nothing because we certainly deserve. And the first period, I'm gonna say it again. Samsonov kept them in the game. There were like three or four shots. Is like wow, those are big big saves. And you know if we score a couple of goals, maybe the game's different. Sam Sonoff had had an excellent you know first period. That's for certain. I will tell you one thing: we got to see yesterday. We got to see the antithesis of a perfect trigger man, Alexander Ovechkin. Holy shit! I mean, the guy is probably arguably the best pure goal scorer that the sport has ever seen, or right up there. I mean, if he's not the best, he's number two all time. And uh, it makes you just kind of shake your head and like, man, oh man, I wonder what our power play would look like with one of those, you know, with one of those pure goal scorers. I know Oliver Wallstrom is stepping into the role. He's nowhere near where his potential, where he could be at the end of his career. But it's, it just makes you think to yourself, I'm like, man, we were rolling Ryan Pulak in that position for like the first 20 games of the season and no goals. He walks away with no goals after playing the trigger man on the first power play unit. What have I always, what for years I told you what was the problem with the Islanders power play? Talent. We don't have enough talent on there. And you see Wallstrom on there, we're able to score some goals. You're right about Ovechkin. He, you know, he circles in that one little area. That shot he took, he was so he was outside the dot and really down low, but the quickness and speed of the passes. I mean, that's what you have Backstrom out there or Kuznetsov. Those passes are going. They're really shooting that puck back and forth. You don't see that on the Islander power plays. When you got Bailey on one side, Letty at the top. You know, they're just floating it back and forth, you know, like, hey, we're at a Sunday picnic, fellas. Let's just have fun out here. 
just look at the pace. And then I watched Tampa Bay last night, and I haven't watched a whole lot of them this season. My because God. it depresses you? No, my God, they're good. They are really good. And you just see the guys able to – they're just – they're fantastic. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, they're winning the cup again. They're good. They're really good. And the way they move the puck on the power play, Hedman – you know, you don't think of him as a goal scorer, and I don't think he scored last night, but just his command at the top and just the pace of the power play, and that's something we don't have. When we pass with pace, our power play is much more effective. But usually we defend ourselves. You know, you got Bailey out there. You know he's not shooting. La, la, la. Da, da, you, da. I want to interrupt. You said Victor Hedman is not a scorer, you know, or you don't think of him as a scorer. I will tell you this much. How many goals did he score against us last year in the Eastern Conference Finals? I feel like it was like three or four goals in that short span of six games. Yeah, but you don't think of him as a scorer. And I do. Guess who was in the trigger point for them last night? Stamkos. And he had scored a goal similar to what Ovechkin scored uh, yesterday. And, you know, he missed all last year. He didn't even play against us. But mm-hmm. listen, Kucherov, who cares? Could you imagine when Kucherov comes back? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, uh, well. they're good. They're always a team that's up against the cap, but they do definitely some uh, some good financial maneuvering there to put themselves underneath there to, to bring back really the nucleus of that team. Uh, Paul D. saying, does Butch put chlorine in his eyes before every broadcast? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't know. But I, but seriously, he's looked – I don't know. It just doesn't look right the last couple of games. Maybe I, he's I really – I really hope – I really just hope it's seasonal allergies. I really do. Me too. Me too. I don't wish I will say, any ill health. For everybody who thinks that uh, maybe we're a little hard on AJ Malesko, we're hard on the entire staff. <laughs> we haven't seen AJ. I don't know if maybe they gave her a full-time gig on the uh, the other channel. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they said, AJ, you won't use product. You're off the podcast. Uh, you're off, the, off the broadcast. Yeah, off close. The broadcast. It was close. Michael M. saying, me and TJ always laugh on Twitter. There's so many fans who turn on Barzal but stay silent about Bailey and Bavillier. That's the yeah. way it is. That's the way it is, right? I'll tell you specifically. I mean, the Bailey. I mean, you're in two. You're in two. You're either in one of the two camps, and you're vehemently uh, opposing him, or you love him. There's no in between. I'm a big Josh Bailey supporter. Crump, tell me more. I support him being on another team as soon as possible. Uh, and David C saying the fire hydrant is dressed up too. Yes, it is. We got a little uh, got a little Islanders on the uh, podcast there. Oh goodness, Jim P saying Butch is celebrating St. Patty's month. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, just I'm serious. The last couple of games, it it doesn't. I don't know who. Maybe the makeup artist is making him try to look more tan, but it's not a good look. Whatever they're doing, it's not working. Goodness. Yeah, and then Scott was saying, oh, wow, TJ, uh, need another sticker on the fire hydrant. It's covered. Yes, I will take as many. We have plenty of room still left on the fire hydrant. So if anybody wants to give me a suggestion or submit a sticker, I will easily plop it here on this fire hydrant. I want to know why you don't, why don't you overlap some of the stickers? I mean, you know, just have them like one on top of the other. Maybe put magnet, magnets, some type of magnets on there so you can move them around. Well, they're yeah. stickers, so I couldn't really put magnets on them. This is a this is more of a Paige thing. She would do much better arranging these type of items. But uh, Paige was working, and I wanted to make sure I had it there for this pot. I mean, I ordered these stickers over a month ago, and they finally just got in. So I was like, nope, I've got to go ahead and put them on here. Okay. David C. saying, love a fired-up grump. Can't help it sometimes. That You should see what I'm like live. You think now is bad. 
Paul's saying, tell us how you really feel, grumpy old man. Now, one thing about me, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're going to know exactly what I feel at all times. You're not going to hear me kissing somebody's butt just to kiss the butt. Not going to happen. This guy only says, this is great entertainment. Oh, goodness. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Uh, Michael is also saying here, worst ref game of the season. <laughs> we got hooked and held interfered with, interfered with, and it was all capitals. And that's like, I'm serious. Barzal was being interfered the whole game. The whole game he was being hit, interfered with, cross-checked, breaking sticks on his back, No call, right in front of the referee, no calls. I'm like, what is going on? And then he retaliates, and then, you know, oh, you're going to the box. Uh, it's, just, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating. I really I wonder that. if the reason he gets some of those penalties are the way he carries himself and he looks when he does get penalized. He looks pissed as hell, and he's got that he's got that look of he's got, like, fire in his eyes when he gets those penalties. And I almost wonder if it builds him more of, like, to a villain. Like, oh, yeah, he deserved that. He deserved how that much, penalty. How, much, how many minutes do you think you get for sticking a referee? How many minutes you get? Shit. Two minutes? It's worth it. Well, you can ask Bobby Clark what do you get? What do you get? What do you get for almost smacking the hell out of that referee there with a stick? No, first of all, it wasn't Bobby Clark. Okay, it wasn't Bobby Clark. It was JP Parise, I believe. No, Bobby Clark went up to him and went no. like he was gonna slash no. him there in the ankles. No, no, he did slash a guy from Russia on the ankle. Tretiak. He, he hit Tretiak in the back. Okay, okay, first stop. Because you don't know what you're talking about. All right. Just embarrassing yourself. It was Karlamov who he slashed in the ankle, I believe. Uh, right in the – and he broke his ankle. I mean, two-hander. Bro- and I don't think he got a penalty for it at all. Tretiak was a goalie, wasn't he? Tretiak was a goalie. That's okay, right. yeah. It was whoever the hell the really good uh, – I think it was a forward or something like that. I thought he almost hit the referee too. He went up to the referee like he was going to swing at him with his stick. No, that was – that was maybe it was Lou Nanny. I forget who the player was. It was not Bobby Clark, though. And he did raise his stick at the referee. Hey, those are the good old days. Referees, you make a bad call, you're going to have to fear for your life now. Hey, who cares? I'm showing my age, my youth grump during that time period. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry pulls the goalie and Bailey jumps out. The goalie has a better chance to score than Vinny Smith. Bailey won't shoot the puck. What does it matter? He's not going to shoot. How do you? How can you put so, – you're down and you pull a goalie and you put a guy who will not shoot the puck on the ice uh, I don't understand. The young guys, I'm going to tell you what, Ajo shoots the puck, Bello shoots the puck, Wallstrom shoots the puck. I don't know. I don't know why we don't want to shoot the puck. Good things happen. Matt Martin, when he shoots the puck, he scores. I mean, why not send uh, – just frustrated. I don't know. Oh, do you, you hear that ping? Yeah, well, I'm wondering if that's is – that, is that Lou Lamarillo texting you? I know you guys haven't heard much there uh, in means of the landline, so I was just wondering if he's texting you these days. No. Actually not. That's my wife's phone, and she didn't put on mute again. She'll hear from me after this podcast. Oh, goodness gracious. Right out. Alexander's saying these guys are awesome. Tommy's saying over the top. Um, That's, an old Sylvester, That's an old Sylvester Stallone movie about uh, arm wrestling. Over the top, where Sylvester Stallone finds his a son who I guess he divorced a woman, and he, he's like, I think the kid was rich, and he takes him on a uh, trip across the country in a, tr- in a like a 18 wheeler for an arm wrestling tournament over the top. Sylvester Stallone. That was after Rocky. We got David C saying, you guys are forgetting about the next shift after the penalty, terrible offensive zone turnover that led to a breakaway. Uh, Barry even mentioned that in the presser. 
I did mention that earlier. I, I, know, I think I'm, I'm, sl- I'm, sl- I'm slowly getting to it, but just if we didn't, we're, we're re-mentioning that now. That's fine. Mm. Michael is saying, I think Bailey will ever get called out for being a plush toy out there. You know what that means, TJ? And plush toys are um, it you know, like stuffed animals. He's, he's my name. He, another nickname, he could be Charmin's. We can just call him Josh Charmin Bailey because he's soft as Charmin bathroom tissue. Charmin Soft. I've heard that plenty of times before. That is for certain here, Grumpy Old Man. Um, Scott is saying it's comedy hour with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. I'll tell you, Grump, you know, when he gets on a roll like that, just can't help but shake your head and go, oh, we're in for it now. I'll here's the thing. I'm gonna hear from TJ after the podcast how bad I was and how miserable I was and how I was running over him, you know, but he forgets he does the same thing to me on occasion. I just don't, you know, whatever, you know, Hey, I'm just out here having fun. TJ <sighs> obviously dresses some type of corporate shill over there. Uh, feels that it's necessary to put the grumpy old man down, try to shackle his thoughts <sighs> and comments. Shackle his creativity, right? That's right. Oh goodness. Uh, oh goodness. Yes, he can do that, Paul D. That's why Trotz is a coach, and you're sitting on a pleather couch. Uh, actually, I don't know who he's talking to. This is a leather couch. It's not pleather. Thank you. I think you. he meant – maybe he meant leather. Oh, no, no pleather is like that plastic leather. This is actual leather. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, oh, you know, that's right. Trotz is coach. He gets to do whatever he wants. It's, it's his team out there. That's why we don't win. <laughs> Stop. Stop. We do win. Um, gotcha. Vinny Smith is saying Bailey gets the most shifts on offense every night. Because we don't want to score goals. We want to keep it close. <laughs> Robert Robert uh, Conti saying, hey, Gom, we can't handle the truth. That's true. That's true. Anybody who disagrees with me cannot handle the truth. They got, uh, their, heads, they got their like little ostriches, got their little heads in the sand. I, like as a fan, I think – the most important thing as a fan, I mean, like as a fanatic of anything you do is to try to look at both sides. Grump, I can look at your side and I can see where you're coming from. And I try to look at Barry's side and I try to see where he's coming from. Okay. You don't know what a fan is. You don't know what a fan is. A fan doesn't look at both sides. Let me weigh this. Let me weigh that. No, they're all for their team. I'm all for my team. When I see it not going good, I'm going to call them out on it. I'm not going to be wrapped. Oh, well, hold on. Well, Barry, let me see. Well, I can see why maybe he should have called, put this guy on the bench, but not this one because, you know, the stars, the way they were aligned, maybe Mayfield doesn't accept it like Barzy does. So let's do that. No, no, I'm sorry. And a real fan gets fanatic. For fanatic. That's how fans are fanatic. You're fanatic about your team. And I am fanatic about my team. Like I said, when they're winning, I'm able to say what they're doing good, but I'm not going to be a fence rider like you are. Oh, I don't want to upset anybody. Let me say what He takes a little bit of criticism from the little uh, social media people over a post that he had the other day. And now he's like doing the, the backstroke. Trying to recover those people, I could care less about that. Oh no, Grump! I have I have an uncanny ability to stir shit on social media, and it's all just by posing the question again. Because once I see a narrative that's continually perpetuated, where it's like everybody's agreeing with this, I think to myself, "Is that real?" I try to play devil's advocate, and that's what I do. And I play devil's advocate on the internet, and people necessarily don't like it. That's where I come from. And the same thing is when you make your statements, I try to play devil's advocate the other way to try to point out maybe what the other person's thinking. That's have, awesome. you ever, have you ever converted me to your line of thinking ever? It's not trying to convert you. It's trying to provide people the ability to think for themselves and to think, 
you know, maybe if I was dogmatic in my in my thinking against or for the grumpy old man's point, <laughs> now I can look at it another way. That's all it is, Grump. That's all it is. That's all we do. That's what I do here on the podcast. That's what I try to do at least. It's called riding the fence. You're good at it. I, I'm going to give you a credit. You're good at it. Oh, goodness. I'm not a fence rider like you. I take a position, son. Uh, Tommy B is saying, uh, we lost the game on the road versus a really good team. In general, we played really well last night. For certain. Again, like I, I there's a reason why I'm not complaining at all about the loss. I really don't care that we lost. I, you don't want to lose games. But it's not about heartbroken over the way we lost. I'm not thinking, hey, you know, we got robbed last night or anything like that. I thought we played a really good hockey game. And, uh, you know, it was a, a few unfortunate mistakes on our side there, penalties that, you know, the Washington Capitals had to take advantage of. And Sam Sonoff coming out and robbing us early in the first period because, I mean, we really could have been up maybe one or two goals. And the complete the complexion of the game completely changes then. Washington is a team that has more talent than we do. I think everyone can agree on that. And now they're well coached, and that makes them dangerous. Um, and that's just the way it is. I mean, I thought we did play well last night, but to beat a team like Washington – uh, you can't make any mistakes because they have the talent to make you pay every single time, and they did. I mean, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. I mean, I, I'm not upset that we lost. We played – That's that was the best overall we gained that we played against them this year, um, and hopefully we can win a couple games this season. I don't think they've I – I think we played all of our games in Washington against them this year. Has it been three games in Washington this year so far, TJ? Do you know? Um, I really couldn't tell you. I think we're at least we're three games in. I think we're three games in. Again, don't quote me on it. Uh, I want to get to a few comments. David C saying Grump have one shot of Jameson. It's St. Patty's Day, pal. I did not. I forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. It. I just. I mean, you're not paying attention early in the podcast. I went on the soliloquy about the quiet man saying Happy St. Patrick's Day to what? everyone. John Wayne. Grump, when you get going sometimes, I'm like, I'm thinking what I need to go for next and how we need to steer everything. But no, I forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. Ugh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tom, Tommy B is saying benching him is not about one game. Here's my no, thing. He's, 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 I th- uh, no, no. I think it's not about one game. I think Tommy's point is right. But the thing is, we've seen this on multiple occasions with him. So, I mean, like, what what are you hoping to accomplish by continuing to bench him? Because it's not like this is the first time he's done it to Barzal. What do you hope to accomplish? And, again, maybe it's the fact that Matt Barzal is a guy, when he gets benched or feels like, you know, he's – like he can't contribute to the team's success, he comes back even more fired up because he does. So maybe that's what he's trying to elicit out of Matt Barzal too. Again, like, you know, trying to look at it from all angles. Okay, eventually, if that is the case, I don't think it is. Eventually, that well runs dry. Yeah, for certain. Eventually, the well runs dry. But, you know, you want to go ahead and tap it for everything, you know, the well's gotten in it, right? But do you want to potentially – to me, you have more of a potential of alienating a player. You can sour the relationship. But I will say this much. Nobody has a sour relationship with Barry Trotz, at least that we've heard of. Right. But I'm I'm thinking long term. It's like, do you really want to – is it really worth it in the long run? I don't think it is. I mean, you don't have anybody on team even close to the player that he is. No one. I mean, I just don't – you don't see other other coaches alienating their best players. I mean, you just don't see it for the most part. And to play, again, like to look at it from all angles, if Matt Barzal was unhappy or wasn't happy that he gets benched like that or thinks he was treated unfairly, there's no way in hell anybody would ever know about it either. No player's dumb enough to talk to the – well, I won't say dumb enough. No player's as brazen enough 
to say that to the press like a Josh Hosang was because you see what happens to a career like that. You can't speak exactly what you think. I mean, some sports you can, and it's no issue at all. Some sports you can't. Hockey is one of those sports where you can't. Soccer overseas, you can say whatever the hell you want. Just be honest and truthful with it. I mean, it just rolls like water off a duck's back. Hockey is not one of those sports. I much believe in the truthful approach, knowing what people feel. Uh, but you can shoot your way out of Dodge if you really wanted to. You see, I mean, Patrick Waugh did it in Montreal. Um, I mean, you can do that. If you're that unhappy, you can definitely uh, – and you're seeing it more with today's athletes. You look at the NFL, guys want to get traded. They try to talk like, I want to trade, I won't play anymore. And that's the way it is. Like overseas, like in soccer, you're 100% correct. If they don't want to be there, they just get moved. They don't want them on the team. Now, I think Matt Barzell, I think his thing, everybody on this team truly likes one another. I, I, and they I, want to be here. I believe everybody on this team wants to be here too. Well, I, I think it's a really close-knit group. It really is. I mean, that's why, considering the talent level they have, that's why they're uh, as successful as they are, really. The sum is greater than the parts. Mm -hmm. Got another comment here from Michael saying, uh, TJ, uh, this Islander fans polls and Anders Lee is just like Patrick Kane comment on Twitter. Oh, well, first off, I never said Anders Lee is just like Patrick Kane. You're mischaracterizing it, Grump. I will tell you that. Um, he said Barzal is just as good as McDavid, just less IQ. Gave me a good laugh. Ugh. No. Yeah. No, I, I love Matt Barzal. Uh, certainly one of my top two or three Islanders on the, currently on the team. I'm sorry, he's not Connor McDavid. He's no. about as close to Connor McDavid. Well, no, Anders Lee isn't even that close to Patrick Kane. Regardless <laughs> what TJ thinks. Uh, oh, he's saying maybe it's your burner, TJ. Get him grump. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness gracious. I time be saying the rental makes sense due to the cap next year. And I was about to say, that's that's one of the only reasons maybe I'm suggesting rental. I'm usually anti-rental all the way, unless your team is right on the cusp. But with the cap staying flat there and you having to re-sign back Pelic, Bavillier, and Sorokin. Okay. I know we're getting this off-season topic. Do you want to run this same team back again for the fourth year in a row next year? Do you really want to do that? Here's here's, here's, here's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to move a player, obviously. We're going to lose a player there to the expansion draft. I think next season <laughs> well, – think... It's not going to be – I'm telling you, it's going to be somebody that we don't want to lose because he, he, he's, he's going to certainly protect certain guys. I know – Okay, go ahead, TJ. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt. Go. Oh, goodness. Don't feel self-conscious. I was fine with you taking it there. I make one compliment. You're running over, and now you're all self-conscious there, Grump. No, I don't. Get, don't get your feelings on the ball. Uh, yeah. That being said, um, I think we're going to see – I think Samuel Bolduck might be in the Islanders roster there next season. I, I really do believe it. I mean, he's performed well there in Bridgeport. They're high, they're high on him. And I think as I could see them maybe going ahead and giving him a chance, if not early on in the season, maybe towards the mid or the latter half of the year. I don't think he stays an entire full another year there in Bridgeport, even though, again, the games were limited this season. I, I think you're going to see if Bellows is still with the team by that point, I think you'll see Bellows more in the lineup if he continues to build off of this again, really, really small sample size. But, I mean, guys like Oliver Wallstrom are not going to be third-line players next year. Okay. Who are you going to move down to the third line? Who are you – like I say, when you sign a bunch of these sacred cows to long-term deals, they're going to be there at least another four years, every single one of them, on your top couple of lines. What are you going to do? How are you going to move guys up? Because the coach 
refuses to change up his lines. Just refuses. Uh, people can already make a case for Oliver Walsh from being a top six guy now. I will tell you one thing. If he continues to play and progress and grow in the confidence that he is now through the rest of this year, there's no way in hell that young man should not be a top six forward next season. Who do you move down? That, see, that's my point. When you have all these old guys, it's like this the pecking order they have. Let me do this. One, two. Oh. Bailey? Uh, why not? I mean, but but here's the thing. Is Walsham going to work with Nelson? Because here's the thing. What does he have in Pajot? Somebody will pass the puck to him. Nelson doesn't pass the puck. That's that's the struggles that we have on that line. No creator. Barzell Nelson, Nelson, Nelson passes the puck. No, he's more of a shooter. He's certainly more of a shooter. He's more of a shooter, but he passes the puck. He's, he's a pretty not, good puck passer, too. He's more I, of a shooter, though, if I had to classify him. See, to me, I would much rather, because I know Lee's coming back. I, I exposed Lee in the expansion draft. A guy coming off a serious knee injury, I'd certainly expose him. They won't. They'll protect him, but I would certainly expose him. And i protect all the young guys. I'd certainly protect Bellows. He's shown – in these last few games that he can play in the NHL. And he brings something to the team that this team does not have, somebody who drives the net. How many guys really drive the net on this team? He's the only one. Lee drives the net. Not, no, I will tell you one thing. When it comes to driving the net with a puck, I think Bellows already does that extremely well and proficient for such a young player at 22 years old. I will tell you the one thing. This next month is going to be hugely important for Kiefer Bellows and his future with the Islanders. Uh, and, you know, the, the trade's not going to be made immediately to replace, uh, you know, a top six forward there in the loss of Lee. But when he has this time period where he's getting those top six minutes, he has to continue to perform. He has to continue to show his worth. He has to make it to where the Islanders say, we cannot afford to give him away for nothing. Well, yeah. I mean, but like I said, he makes nothing. I mean, I just – I just wonder when you if you pick up a rental, okay, then what's going to happen with him? Are you going to put him back on the bench, or you know, Michael Del Cole is he going to play that spot? Is Leo Komarov going to play that? Is Jarnak? Jarnak to me, uh, no. I've seen enough of him in these two games. He played one game okay uh, earlier. Is one game he played, he, the first game he played the first bit, the first game he played the season? I thought he played pretty well. I and mean, since that, I've been like, uh, I've been a little dissatisfied with what I've seen on the ice. What does it say about our depth, though, right? You get one injury, and it's like, we don't know what to do. But here's the thing. To Barry's uh, uh, credit, he's given Bellows another chance, and the kid's certainly taking the ball, and he's showing that he is a top six forward. See, that's the issues that you have. You have guys who, who are real top six forwards, and there's nowhere for them to move because he just there's certain guys he likes in certain spots. Well, you asked – you asked about, hey, what you know, what happens? What happens at Oliver Walsh needs to be thrown up there in a top, you know, top six role? I think Josh Bailey gets moved down, or I think they're going to expose a winger. I really do. Well, that's like, hey, we're going to expose a guy like Jordan Everly. We're going to expose a guy like Josh Bailey. We're going to expose a guy. I don't think they're going to expose a guy like Kendrick League. Whether you know, I think they're going to expose possibly a top six wing, one of those top six wingers, even though it's a position of need for us. I think they would. They're, they definitely not, they're definitely not going to expose any of their centers. There's no way that's going to happen. Okay. They're not exposing. Maybe I, I don't think they're going to expose any of their defensemen. What, I, oh, correction. I don't think I, that's. What, I don't think they're going to expose any defensemen that a team wants to select. I mean, Scott Mayfield, as much as he's on a cap-friendly deal, I'm sorry. I mean, like he he's so limited. It, okay, if you're a defense, if you're a team that's an expansion team, 
you're going to take either Nick Letty or Scott Mayfield if they're exposed. Well, that, that's my thing. So, I mean, like, you, who do you protect? I protect I like, I like Mayfield Pulak, and you don't have to worry about protecting Dobson. So, I mean, like, okay, you're looking at you look at Mayfield's going to be the one exposed. Andy Green probably going to retire. Um, what do you take, Sebastian Ajo? Well, does Sebastian Ajo prove enough? Well, I don't think he's going to be playing long term, but does he show enough where, hey, maybe a team will take a shot on him? You wanna, here's, here's as an expansion team, you don't want to pick a bunch of overpriced veterans. Okay. What you want to do is you want to select young guys and then you fortify them with free agents coming in. You're going to have a boatload of cap space. You're going to have, especially with the cap being flat like this, you can make deals all day long with teams around the league who want to get rid of uh, some guys to get some capital off their books. So I think when you draft somebody, you're going to draft cheap and then you're going to either trade. Uh, for more expensive pieces, uh, that, that's that's what I think they're going to do. I don't think you're going to see them take a whole lot of salary um, besides the minimum that they have to take in the expansion draft. I mean, I just don't think you're going to see that. I mean, so I think if they, if you see a Scott Mayfield available, $1.45 for another two, three years, that's a steal. Here's my question. I mean, like, I'll be honest with you. He's not the ideal guy to lose. He's easily replaceable. I'm just talking about cap hit wise. You'd rather, if you could, move one of those guys who have a higher cap hit. Uh, but moving right along here, uh, Grumpy Old Man, uh, Phil's Facts is saying they should trade for a rental and weaponized cap space to facilitate a trade for a cap strap team. So he's more recommending hey, try to get yourself a rental. Um, if you have that available cash, then next season you can go ahead and maybe go ahead and take advantage of one of those cap strap teams. Well, with the whole thing, when Lee comes back, that money's gone. So he's he's going to come back next year so that that he'll be back on the roster. So his 7 million goes right right towards the cap. Yeah, and again like that's what I said, but I will say when you keep things I think unless you're planning on doing some real maneuvering, I think the easiest way to do it is to just look for a rental. It's going to be cheaper well, and Lee comes back. See that that's why people are saying Taylor Hall. Like the money is pretty comparable. Um and that's why I'm saying him as a rental. Yeah, that's, that's why I said Hall or Palmieri. Probably Palmieri. Uh, Ty B, no general at all. Uh, Caps and Samsonite had horseshoes. Oh, after you know what, the first period, 2 nothing or 3 nothing, and a whole complexion of the game would have been different and changed as Ebras were consistent as usual. Um, well, yeah, again, like we don't really – I try not to complain about the refs. I don't think the refs cost us or anything like that. I, was, I thought it was a poorly officiated game. That being said, though, I mean, like Samsonov kept them <laughs> kept them in. Alexander, I think uh, we got our first Bailey Sucks comment in. That's always good. Hold on. I'm wrong. Okay, Phil Fax said nine first-round picks in 2020 were, were traded for players. I thought it was five. I was quickly glancing, so it, was, it wound up being more. Okay. I'm just saying first-round picks get traded a little more often than you think. Um, but I could see that number dropping a little bit right now because you're right. Teams are cash stra- Teams are up against the cap. So, I mean, like, I think they're going to be more strategic moves this year. I don't think they're going to be, like, any huge fish. Like, in the past, you were able to, like, okay, we'll offload this guy. We'll be able to do this. And, you know, you can you can absorb $15 million in our cap space so we can bring this. I, I think it's going to be more strategy basis this year. I don't think we're going to see nine first-round picks go. I might be completely wrong, though. I will say I don't think you're going to see any first and second and potentially a third or another first for a J.G. Pajot-type trade this year. I just don't see that happening. 
Bill Brady saying, TJ, you need a new partner, LOL. Ah, no, grumpy old man and I stick it out. <laughs> okay, Joe. I got your number, buddy. Uh, and he says, Walster needs to boot Everly on the first line. No, I don't think Everly was great last night, um, but they're not. he's not going to change the line. Everly plays well. I, I'm sorry. Wallstrom plays well with Pajot, and I'd love to see him with Bellows out there, honestly. They gave him a one-game trial, and then that was it. But, I mean, I would like to see them ride those guys as a third line whenever you do pick up your rental. Um, I know they don't want to upset the lines too much, well, and that's the thing, right? I mean, like you've got the continuity on the lines where, I mean, like they're working A-OK and fine and everything like that. Um, that being said, though, grumpy old man, he's got the chemistry just like you said. There's no need to move him off. I really don't think that's the case. I mean, like, this is Wallstrom being elevated to a top six role, I think better suits the team success and his success if he can do it in the offseason. His his chemistry is unbelievable with with Jean Gabriel Pajot, and you know if they don't have a passenger as their third guy, you know what I mean. I, I think the sky's the limit for that particular line. I've said it before. I think that third line is as good as some second lines in the NHL when all is healthy. Think about it. You got a true sniper in Wallstrom. You got to do everything center in Pajot, and you got a guy who drives the net in Bellows, and who earns and who earns. I mean, even when Bellows is not there, you have a guy who earns and fights for the puck along the boards to help facilitate that offensive zone pressure. And Del Cole or Bellows, yeah, both Cole, of them serve that role. Yeah, but Del Cole can't score. He has no offensive ability at all. Where Bellows does. So with him driving that, he goes into the corners, uh, but he drives the net with the puck. That's uh, no one else on our team does that. Nobody drives the net with the puck on our team. Gotcha, here, grumpy old man. Um, who? No. no. I about to say that's one of those names with Milan Lucic. You don't really hear much about anymore. He's finished. He can't <laughs> skate. Uh, actually, he could take Andrews Lee's spot. If he can't skate, he stands in front of the net. He's a better <laughs> fighter too. But his hands aren't as good, unless for fighting, of course. No, but no for Lucic, no. Here's one of those things. How quickly did Milan Lucic fall off the planet of the earth? Well, I'm going to tell you what, though. If Milan Lucic played on the first line, you wouldn't see anybody messing with Matt Barzal. That much I will say. that No one would mess with him. I'm just I'm shocked that he fell off the face of the earth and the planet so quickly. I mean, back back when he was playing for Boston, I mean, he was heralded as one of the top power forwards in the league. Yeah, but it was think about how many good players they had around him and the system that they played. I mean, it was perfect for him. They don't play the same system. Uh, they certainly didn't in Edmonton. I think he's with Calgary now, isn't he? He's with he? Calgary now, yeah. Yeah, and they are more running gun team. So he doesn't fit there. I just I don't think he's got much left. I mean, he's never was never a great skater. And I, even less so now. We got a few of your comments. Uh, Robert saying Scott Gray Cole was certainly wouldn't cost as much. Tommy's like lucid sucks and is a cancer. <laughs> I will I tell you, like, I don't know what he's like in the room, but I just think he's past his prime. Neither do I. And again, like, eh, man, oh man, Milan Lucic just fell off the planet Earth. I think. Uh, yeah, Brandon Carlo got hurt there. For, did Brandon Carlo get hurt again? I guess so. Maybe he just came back from that hit from Wilson, and now he's hurt again. Oh, they're, 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 I mean, I think they won. I don't know if they won last night or not, but they're a team that's in trouble right now for certain. <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing it's our advantage. That it's, uh, we need to take advantage of them. 
when they're out there. I don't know what TJ's laughing about. I'm going to say I'm, I'm, laughing about, I'm laughing about a comment I just read. Jerry freaking Springer, this son of a bitch, he's always bringing the comments that are hard-hitting no matter what. And the thing is, holy he, you know, it's just like Springer, the TV show there, Grump. He says, can't tune in. <laughs> we'll watch later. But love you and the grumpy old man. You were the, no, no, the no, grumpy no, old no, man. No. Oh, sorry. Love, love you, you grumpy old you. man. He doesn't care anything about you. He cares about me. The grumpy Grump, old I'm going to let you do this. We'll let you read this because you like to add a little inflection. I read them the same exact way as I read every comic. We'll let you read it. and You can, you can inflect how you think the person said it. Go ahead. Can't turn in. We'll watch later. But I love you, grumpy old man. You are the true MVP, not that ham-handed fool, <laughs> TJ. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to answer this question, but I'll show it here up on the screen. Uh, question for both of you guys. <laughs> Would you smash your ass on Shannon Hogue? Oh, for real? So I want an answer. Oh, God. I'm my <laughs> I don't know which. I don't know which. I don't know which is the good swipe. I do. I'll do a thumbs up there. Why not? Um, anyway, uh, we got a comment here from Robert saying, and "Johnny Rock, uh, Johnny Rockets would know that it all depends if you want all your eggs in one basket. Either get a few players or go for the gusto. Um, if Hall is the guy, then I'm fine. It's fine with me. I'm gonna tell you what. If you're going for a rental, I don't know how much he cost. But boy, Johnny Gaudreau would be a nice fit. He would be a nice fit. Uh, now that's something I, I could certainly. If you're just going for a rental, uh, I would. I could definitely go for that. If he would play, de if he would sound play defense, you want to talk about a guy who has a style, who skates similarly to to Matt Barzal, and I'm talking about frame wise, and has a I sort of similar that. style. Johnny Gaudreau. You talk about the offensive production this team could produce. I mean, again, I don't think he offers much on the defensive side of the puck, but I don't think he's a liability defensively. But I would, I'd love, I, I, I do that in a second. Oh, oh, hey, DJ, drink out of the fire hydrant. Can you get that thing tipped all the way up? Don't choke I can. on it. That's how I get my curls in every day. Oh boy, Robert's saying we should try to go get Forsberg. I think the price is going to be astronomical on Forsberg. If you go all in, I you would. That's one of those where if you go after Forsberg, he still has his term, right? Grumpy at least has one year after this, right? I think he's got two years after this. I mean, he's he's a guy. He's He was my number one guy, right? Because I'm not – I mean, if you're going for a rental, Goudreau's a guy for certain. But if you're looking to improve the team, I, I think Forsberg is perfect for us. Have they been shopping around Johnny Goudreau and I'm not aware of it? Uh, I think he's on the block because he's an unrestricted free agent after this year, and all the signs are saying he's going to filthy Delphia to be with those slimy dirtbag flyers. Wow. Yeah, so, so uh, uh, Philip Forsberg has one year left after this one. Uh, Warzone player here from YouTube, YouTube comment. Uh, he says, I want Taylor Hall. Why not? A second-round pick uh, and make a cup roll. Well, he's going to cost a lot more than the second-round pick. The Islanders have the tools to win it all. Well, he hasn't put up any points this year. So I don't know how much for a rental who's got two goals the whole year, how much you think you're going to get for him. Here's, I mean, here's my thing. I think people – the NHL is one of those – one of those. I'm not going to call it a good old boys club, but it's one of those clubs and it's one of those organizations where a lot on prior performances determines what you get traded for and what the value you have. Even though Taylor Hall's had a 
by his standards, a pretty bad year. The entire Buffalo Sabres team has been hideous. So it hasn't, it hasn't been like it's just him. If it was just him on the Buffalo Sabres, I understand him getting dropped there a little bit in value. Uh, but, I mean, the entire team has struggled. and They just got they just canned the coach. So maybe teams are willing to say, it's coach. It's Ralph. That's the reason why. Okay. He had no market in free agency this year. One team. Nobody wanted him. Only gave him a one-year deal. I don't know where his value is right now. I don't think you're going to have to give up a whole lot to get him. Jim P saying, I trade Hall for a second Leo and Hickey. Who wouldn't? I was about to say, I, you know, if that's what they offered, I'd be like, uh, yes, please. Uh, immediately take that. Don't even bother. You know, just go ahead and get it printed off so we can sign it. We'll talk. We'll chit chat later. Throw Bailey in there, too. Oh, David C saying, yes, Grump. I'm basically bold with that's the all right. That's all right. That's okay. Doesn't matter. So am I. Look. Oh, gosh. Brian B saying, sorry, I'm late. What did I miss? Let me guess. Lou got us a top six. <laughs> oh, wait. What a joke. <laughs> I like Brian. Man, Brian's all right. He's a man. I'm telling you. Uh, Dave P saying, can't remember the Russian guy's name that's coming from the Islanders. Um, do you guys think he goes to Bridgeport? His name is Anatoly Goloshev. That's right. We totally forgot to mention it. He was okay. released there from his KHL contract. Um, again, like I've had, we've had, we've been, ta- we've talked about Anatoly Goloshev for a while. I mean, I remember the original rumor from like a, a Russian verified Twitter account was that he was going to come to the Islanders. I think it was two years ago, but he was like, I want to stay here and raise my family. And I remember we were talking about that on the podcast now a year or two ago, bro. Hold on. Are there actually Russian verified Twitter accounts? Like they're verified? I mean, I don't know what comes out of communist Russia. No, 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 no. He, he's a Russian. He writes like for the KHL and he covers yeah. it. He's one of those, ver- he's one of the members of the media there. And he tweeted that he was looking to leave and he had to come out. Goloshev was like, no, I'm not looking to leave yet. We just had a kid. We're looking to raise him. Something like that along those lines. But I mean, all signs point to that Goloshev is going to come there to the Islanders organization. So that's always good to see. Again, he's a, he's a winger that not huge in stature, but has put up points. He was a leading scorer for whatever franchise. I cannot pronounce the franchise he played for in the KHL, but he was a leading scorer there for that franchise. Um, so again, he's a guy who has been successful there in the K. So it'll be interesting to see how he how he acclimates there to a smaller ice surface. Yeah, I I think they say that he's going to sign in the NHL. I'd love to see him at Bridgeport. Why not? <laughs> LP is saying I would take Hall as a rental, but I don't want Bellos going to Buffalo as part of the deal. As far um, as far as I'm concerned, Bellos and Wallstrom and Dobson are untouchable, are as untouchable as Barzal. Yeah, I don't want Bellows going either. He showed he can play in this league. He's on a he's on his rookie his entry league contract. Those are the guys. It's, that's the thing that frustrates me so much with this team. We continue to re-sign veterans who are just their jags for the most part, and we don't benefit from playing our younger players who are on uh, really cash, uh, cap. They're really on cap-friendly deals. Right. Those are the guys you want to break them in. You don't want to have them sit them on the bench for years and years until you have to pay. Oh, now they're good players. Now we have to pay them right away. You're getting no benefit from the savings that you could by playing them earlier and letting them develop. I mean, it's just, it's so dumb. It's so, it's so 1980s. It's so Lou Lamarillo. It's just frustrating. These are different times with the salary cap. You have to use your entry-level contracts as soon as you can so you can spend money on other players. You don't overpay for overpriced JAG veterans. Here's my question. Realistically, let's say if it's like, hey, Kiefer and somebody else for whole. 
would you be in on that? No. Again, this is all this is all assuming that uh, you know Hall is willing to play defense. He obviously does have the chemistry there with Everly from the past. Um, but if he's willing to play defense again, some people are so anti-Hall. He hasn't performed very well. You have to assume maybe the price will be a little cheaper on him. But he's a name that's being thrown out there left and right. Okay, if you're planning on keeping him past this year, I consider it. But if you're not for just a rental, absolutely not. Bellows is one of the guys for the future. You don't trade away your futures, Devon Taves, to keep guys who are old and washed up, Nick Letty, Komarov, all these other guys they could have dumped to save themselves some money. Instead, they give up a top four defenseman who made Mayfield better than he really is, right? But that's the guy we give away, okay? Those are mistakes. When you sign Lee, Nelson, Everly, you're forced into make mistakes by dealing away younger players because you feel comfortable with the veterans. If you want the team to be a success long-term, you have to incorporate youth earlier. Devontae should have been a no, uh, an absolute no-brainer keep for us, and we let him go for two second-round picks. Hmm. What do you do? And where Colorado is going to be picking, they're probably two th very basically third-round picks. I've got a comment here from Scott saying, it's called depth, Grumpy. The T's you're mentioning, the Islanders are, have depth, Islanders don't. The teams you're mentioning uh, have depth, the Islanders don't. Absolutely spot on. Uh, Jim P saying, get Bailey off of the power play. How does this freaking guy get over 20 minutes a night? I, I don't I don't understand it. Bailey gets over 20 minutes a night? I mean, look at how many minutes he plays. I don't think it's 20 minutes. 19 minutes? I mean, here's the thing. If he's playing more than five, it's too much. I mean, he shouldn't even uh, – like I said, he should be the guy who stacks the pucks before they warm up for the game. That's the extent of him being on the ice should be. Josh Bailey averages 17 minutes and 54 seconds a night. So roughly about 18 minutes a night. That's too much. That's too much for him. I'm He's, sorry. I'll tell you one thing. He plays first line minutes. Uh, Frank K is saying, I was told Kucherov will be back for the playoffs. I think, but then you're going to have that salary cap issue with him. He's on long-term injury. That, they, that saved them going into the season, putting him on long-term injury. From having to make any ridiculous and ludicrous saves. David says, hey, Grump, TJ and Grump. And then Brian P saying, trucking through Minnesota, just arriving. What's Ooh. up, fellas? Hey, how are you guys doing? Um, oh, goodness. Uh, Grump, who would you like us to get with a $3.7 in cap space? Grumpy, who would you want as an ideal scenario? I know there's a lot of names being thrown out there. Your ideal guy. I know you're looking for a guy with term. Forsberg. If, if I was looking for anybody, it would be Forsberg. The guys who I think are available is Forsberg. I'd like Connor McDavid, you know, him. I'd like him, but no. You know, Forsberg is supposed, they're supposedly going to do a fire sale in Nashville. That's the type of guy I'd want. I'd want somebody who I could bring in there long term. I think he's a perfect fit for us. I really do. Okay. We got one here saying, Sal P is saying, I would buy a Seattle Crack and number 12 Bailey jersey next year for Grumpy to wear on the podcast. Wouldn't that be awesome? I would, I would wear that probably every single podcast. And you wouldn't fail to mention it that he is your favorite Seattle Kraken member. Uh, he would be my favorite Seattle Kraken member for certain. I'd speak so highly of him because, you know, he's no longer on the team. Hockey has been part of the Kraken legacy forever out here in Seattle. And Josh Bailey would just fit in perfectly. Uh, oh Ryan P said, did I miss a good rant? Well, you definitely missed a rant. That's for damn certain. Absolutely. You missed a good one. A couple uh, of good ones. 
A classic grumpy. Oh goodness. <laughs> David C says Bailey has to have naked pictures or Bailey has to have naked pictures of Barry Trotz. Who would even want those though? How could you even I, I mean I don't you know I'm you know I'd say that a lot, you know. Could, you, could you imagine Barry Trotz naked? Yeah, but I don't think those he's short in stature too, and just like he's so wide, he's built like a little oh god. He built like I saw Barry in a movie last week. What movie did you Cup. see? Him? It was Tin Cup, he was walking across a highway. Uh, like an armadillo, a little tail coming out the back, a little shell over the top. I thought you were about to say you saw him in uh, a movie. You're going to say The Incredibles, Mole Man, at the very end. No, he's an armadillo, more like an armadillo. He could be a mole too, but I'm going to say an armadillo. <laughs> Fair enough here. Uh, Brian B says, I like it that you guys are honest. I've seen other shows where they're like pom-pom hour. Yeah, again, like – What's no. the sense? What is the sense of just – hey – Everything's great, guys. Hey, Johnny, how's our team doing? It's doing great. Can we do anything better? It doesn't matter. We're the Islanders. We're great. We're here to win Stanley Cups, people. We're here to win. And here, they're great guys from everything. Not a bad person in the bunch. And that's great as human beings. But sometimes you need some assholes on your team to be truly a great team. If you know what I mean, just certain, you know, just certain type of personalities. And I don't think we have any of those. We have a bunch of great guys on our team. We do. Brian P says, my problem is he doesn't bench anyone else except talented forwards. I, Brian, I'll tell you, I know you're a little late. We definitely made sure, Grumpy definitely made sure to hit on this. Add nauseam here earlier on today. I hit it with the sledge. <laughs> oh, goodness. And he says, uh, we need more personalities and smaller goalie equipment for more goals. Attracts younger fans, especially on ESPN. I'm going to say, I'm going to wonder if they're going to try to go to smaller goal. I know they did it in the past. They shrunk some of the equipment. But I think he's 100% right. People want to see scoring. And with the, uh, the implementation of the butterfly style, scoring has been down for a number of years. You still have some great teams that can score. But, uh, you know, I, I think we need more. I mean, especially come playoff time. George Pace is saying, what GM is taking Bailey? Sorelli is long gone. I don't know. I don't even think that he could have starred in The Wonderful Life as one of the, you know, one of the brothers or something. That's what he plays. He plays like George Bailey. Oh, no, he plays like the kid who fell through the ice. That's what he played like. Harry Bailey. He's like Harry Bailey fell through the freaking ice because he couldn't skate. George Pace is saying expansion team isn't taking the Islanders Kool-Aid Hall of Famer Josh Bailey question marks. And you know another thing because I never <laughs> see Bailey's number up there in the in the rafters, and they say, you know, could you imagine the Bailey retirement number retirement ceremony? I mean, first of all, no one would go. Uh, oh no, come on now. Like, okay, some like, people, some people love Josh Bailey now. Yeah, his wife doesn't count, and his kids, and his mother and father, they don't count. I'm talking about fans. I mean, you know, what are they going to say? Josh Bailey, what did you do in your career? Can you show us some of the highlights? I played 879 games for the Islanders. Anything else? Crickets. He did have that unbelievable goal. I think it was like two years ago where he put it in, put in between his legs and it looked like he was playing pond hockey. That was definitely the highlight of his career. That gets your name in the rafters nowadays? You yeah. said, what does he remember? I wouldn't remember that there. and I, still I don't even it. remember that. David C. says, Grump, do you consider AJ's hair a rental or a keeper? Unfortunately, that's a keeper for her. Uh, well, no, no. For, for you, too. I mean, it's easy ammo for you on the podcast. It's a keeper. You want to keep it, not a rental. Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed she hasn't been on the podcast because 
I can't talk about if she's not on the if she's if she's not on the broadcast. I really, in all good conscience, cannot talk about her hair. I thought you just said she's not on the podcast. I was like, Crump, it would be really tough. It would be really tough and a hard sell for me to get AJ on this podcast. Are you kidding me? She would love me. I'd love to get her on the podcast. We would have to, by the end of the day, I'd have her eating out of the palm of my hand. Would you bring up a few pictures? Be like, what's going on here? And you got like a little circle, like Absolutely. a little color picture. Absolutely. I wouldn't have what's to going on here, AJ? I'm like, AJ, it's been brought to my attention. Now your hair is like all over the freaking place. But it I saw not brought to your attention. You've been you've been uh, leading the charge on this. I don't think it was brought to your attention, Grump. I think you were the first to notice it. What can I tell you? I, I'm a I'm a trendsetter. But here's the thing: look at your hair looks so good on NBC Sports. Who does your hair for the Islander podcast? Is it Shannon? Broadcast, 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 Grump. Whatever. I don't care. When you're on TV, is it Shannon? Is maybe she trying to uh, sabotage your career by messing up your hair before you go out there? I just want to know what are the facts. Okay. Got you. John Whitty says, uh, rental, yes. Hall, absolutely no. Eichel. We'd have to give up way too much for Eichel. Yeah, Jack Eichel's going to get. <laughs> now, that's, that's a guy who you – a young guy on a fairly manageable deal for a while. Um, How many first-round picks do you think it would cost to get a guy like Jack Eichel? People are throwing out the Rangers because, you know, hey, they've got all these young guys who were drafted their early picks. Maybe they haven't necessarily lived up to expectations of the Rangers so far, and they've got draft capital. I'd say probably two and a high-end player. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, Remember, he signed for a while. Says Barzola needs to stop with the penalties. Dumb. We cannot afford him uh, to see long periods in a box. Um, I'm going to take this one. Hey, John, let me tell you something. He spent – in the last 20 games, he spent eight minutes in the box. The moron, Barry, benched him for eight minutes in the third period. What is more detrimental to our team? Is it taking a two-minute penalty every four, every five games? Or is it being benched for eight straight minutes in the third period? To teach him a point. So, again, like I, you can't break it down like that. Again, like it was obviously meant to, to show him a point. Uh, moving uh, right along, uh, Brian J. How about Ryan Nugent Hawkins, wiki face? Hey, the rags are up 2 nothing. College Quinn may be pulling a Ronnie Dangerfield of back to school. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, what did I tell you today? Didn't I tell you? This is the worst thing that could have happened to Joe College because now the Hartford coaches are going to come in there, and now his job is in jeopardy. Because he's such a bad coach, Johnny Rara, that you knew. I mean, I just remember the Triple Lindy from Back to School. I mean, that was a great movie, man. Rodney Dangerfield was absolutely the best. Mm-hmm. He was married to Adrian Barbeau at the beginning of that movie. She was a hottie back in the 1970s. She was on the show Maud, and uh, her biggest attributes were right out front. I, I can only imagine there. Uh, Brian P. is saying perfect third line left wing is Anaseyu. I think I got that right this time. Yeah, but I don't think they're looking for a third line guy now. They're looking. I was going to say, yeah, with Lee out there. Uh, Brian says smash. George says pass. Oh goodness. Uh, Sal says uh, Dale Cole was a big scorer. It was actually a big scorer in juniors. Somehow his game didn't translate well to the pros. Another example of our first round bust. Um, is it more of the crappy prospect development, or was it more of a crappy prospect development at Bridgeport? He was a bust. Just, he was just a bust. <laughs> Yeah, he did, I mean, he did like, score in juniors. He did score in juniors, but you know he was a big kid. Um, he just he just is what he is. I mean, you know. Jesus, uh, you know I'm not. You know, yeah, Brian, I'm I, not. I don't, don't, don't mumble and bumble. Just put it up. 
No, no, no. We're not going to answer this question. Oh. We're not. We're not that type of podcast. We really just did one because he's like, we need an answer there. No, 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 no. Uh, chug, chug, chug. TJ. Yep. Uh, Goudreau is an offensive dynamo, but I don't think it's two hundred foot game is where Trotz would like it to be. That's about to say. I mean, like you talk about the offensive production would be unreal there with a guy like Matt Barzal. Could you imagine Johnny Goudreau, Matt Barzal, and Oliver Wallstrom on a line, or even Jordan Everly? Yeah. You talk about offensive production. You know what? At some point in time, we're going to have to score some goals. Yep, and Goudreau there is from New Jersey. Uh, the Rags are up three nothing. Who are they playing? Sorry, four nothing. The Rangers are up. Jeez, keep on reading those posts. It might be fifteen nothing before the end of the game. Oh goodness! And John's saying there, Raquel. Oh goodness, here we go. I mean, like Ricard Raquel, he's on that. He's on that manageable deal there, and he's got one more year still left at term. So I would be, I would be opposed, but I just think he costs at least a first round pick. I mean, and that's a guy that you know you could put on the third line next year. But like I said, we but we have the problem is we have so many guys on long term deals. Unless you move some of them out, it's like where are you going to play? I mean, that, that's the frustrating part. That's that's why you don't sign everybody long term. And Brian P says Bailey plays double what Wally plays. That's pathetic. And he produces like. I mean, how many goals is Bell, does Wallstrom have? Five or six? Wallstrom has, I don't know, four or five goals there. Bailey's got three goals on a season. He's got more than four. He's got. He's either got five or six. Maybe he's know. got five or six. I don't know. I'll stop my head. I know Bailey doesn't have that many in the list. Fifteen years put together. Bailey sucks. I mean, that's about as nice as I could put it, honestly. Yeah, Grump, you keep pushing that. Bailey sucks. There, it's same old, same song. Never. It's, 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 goals. it's the truth. He's hard to watch. Uh, automobilist is the oh, name of the Russian team. I was about to say, I always butcher that name. Uh, Sal's also saying king of the secondary assist. Uh, Brian B saying Islanders never get a top free agent. Why? Oh, that's a lot. It's a lot of reasons. You know, the Rangers are winning six to nothing through the second period. You I'm telling you, Johnny Rara, they got talent on the team. Johnny Rara, he better get his ass healthy fast. <laughs> you know what? He's gonna he's gonna go down as a COVID casualty. He's gonna be the Wally freaking Pip of the coaching of the coaching world. He's gonna be the Wally Pip of the coaching world. Is what's gonna happen? I just don't. I I mean, like I said, I don't know how many college coaches were successful in the NHL. Herb Brooks is one, um, but I mean, other than that, Johnny Rara, come on. I, I, Why I, the Islanders never get a top free agent, Grump? Um. Well, they always make excuses why, well, it's the arena, it's this, it's that. They don't want to go there probably because, well, okay, I can't say they didn't offer Panarin enough money, but if the Rangers offer some, people want to, they want to play in the big city. They don't want to play in the Islanders, and the Islanders let themselves get portrayed as country freaking bumpkins. And they're what, how many, how many miles from Madison Square Garden? What, 15, 20 miles? You know, oh, we're we're a we're a we're a, a small market team. No, you're not. You're in freaking New York. You're not a small market team. You're crazy. Mm. I mean, I, I hate when they and they just let that myth get perpetrated. Same you know thing what? with the freaking Mets. They used to say that shit all the time before. Oh, thank God, management ownership changed there. They kind of changed the tune. But the Mets used to say that same stuff all the time. Oh, small market team. Come on, you're freaking I mean, in New York. Six miles away. You're in the same. You're in. You're in New York City, people. And what are you going to say when they're in Queens? I mean, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing. They, they don't, don't sign up. People just don't want to sign there, probably because they've been a loser franchise forever. Who wants to sign for a loser? You really have to overpay for guys when a team's a loser. 
Gotcha. Brian P is saying there the new arena will definitely help. I do agree with that. I think the new arena will help. Being having something state of the art where you could say our arena is the best in the league. I think that does help a little bit of a selling point. It's not all, but it helps a little bit. Um, got a comment here from David C saying Grump have clutter in a six million dollar man been in a cocoon like the Quaker Oats guy and his buddy. I think maybe they were left in the water a little bit too long. Uh, you know, and that was in the movie Cocoon. We had guys like uh, Wilford Brimley and Don Amici and uh, Jack Guilford. Uh, these astronauts came, uh, not astronauts, some type of space creatures came down. Steve Gutenberg was in there. And they put these pods in the water and the people went into the water and they got rejuvenated. And they're out dancing. It was actually a good movie. It was one of Ron Howard's for uh, better directorial debuts, certainly at uh, you know early in his career, one of his good directorial jobs. Uh, it was a very popular movie back in the day. Got a few more here. Grump, when you speak like that, man, I am not a movie new movie whiz, and you know that. Uh, Brian John saying Mark Streit was the last big free agent Islander signed. What does it tell you? Hmm. And Frank K saying stars don't want to play in a suburban area. And Brian P is also saying, and a slightly more offensive style would also help. True. True. But can you name anybody who, who's a, a big goal scorer who want to come play for us on a free agent deal? When you or you're just going to make them play defense? Unless you're going to pay them hand over fist more than the next guy? Not sure. I mean, right, right. Unless we're not a team that. Catch a discount from somebody like John, Th- or like other players have caught discount. Like you know, what I mean, for the most part, I mean, like other players do catch, or other teams do catch discounts there from these top-rated players. Yeah, I mean, Mm-mm. you know, people. Unless you're a defense, I mean, I, honestly, no one considers the Islanders a destination. I feel bad. I mean, I think maybe we might be able to. We might be. We might be able to work into that, though. I really do. I think we. I mean, like I'm the. I think the excitement behind the Islanders will continue to build. I, I don't. Our style doesn't generate any excitement. I mean, can you say that we're an exciting team to watch? Or, hey, look at the running gun style of the Islanders. You know, what's our running gun style? Clear in the zone? As I mean, of recent, we have been more exciting to watch. And I think with the guys like Wallstrom continuing to step up and those young guys who do have more offensive acumen there, I think with them stepping up and the filling, you know, top six roles, I think we will be more exciting to watch. Grump. We are right here at the end, right around two hours. Is there anything you want to throw in before we wrap up this podcast? Yeah, I just want to say, benching your best offensive player is certainly going to get free agents really wanting to come there too. <laughs> the only guy who can really play real offense on your team, let's bench him because he doesn't play enough defense or makes a mistake. Yeah, that's the place I want to go. <laughs> well, thank like, you so much. How many, how many free agents do you see running to go to Columbus playing for John Tortorelli who benches guys at the drop of a hat? How many guys you see running to? Oh, Columbus is a destination. John Tortorella is not a fan. He's not. A, he's not a players' coach. So I mean, like I think like Barry, even though he does bench players, the the players have an utmost respect for him. John Tortorella is like, yeah, hey man, he's he's volatile and uh, he he wears out his welcome quick. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, do you see anybody rushing to Columbus to go play for a guy who benches top players like he does? Players, if you're a free agent, why would you want to get? I, I don't know. I just don't think players go. First of all, players go for the money first and foremost. You got to pay. Uh oh, we got a visitor. 
Yes, we do, grumpy old man. We are wrapping things up here, Grump. Um, I do want to say thank you, grumpy old man. I also want to say thank you for everybody who participated in the live stream and listened to the podcast. Uh, we love it. The fact that people listen to myself and the grumpy old man talk about the sport and the team that we absolutely love and uh, adore for certain there, grumpy old man. Grumpy, very critical sometimes, but he loves the Islanders. Don't ever confuse it there. Uh, thank you, grumpy old man, and thank you, everybody, who participated in the live stream there. Remember, if you can't watch us, it's always good to or watch us live. Watch on YouTube afterwards. And if you want to submit questions, this was actually submitted by somebody. He messaged us on Twitter. If you want to submit questions for an upcoming podcast, like the upcoming Saturday podcast, make sure you go ahead and either tweet, direct message, message me on Facebook, You know, leave it in the comment section below. I will make sure to bring it up on the next podcast in case you cannot make it and you want to leave a question there for myself or the grumpy old man. And are we doing a live podcast after the Philadelphia Flyer game? Yes, we are. On Saturday. I hate them. I, I really hope we beat them because I don't know what I'm going to be like if we lose two games to them. Oh, goodness gracious, Grumpy Man. Well, thank you so much, Grumpy, for being a My part of the fault. podcast today. <laughs>